I'm sorry. I don't remember any of it. You don't remember? For you, the day Gundam graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Welcome, gang, to this special episode of Gundam at MAHQ. This is Sobro Ryu coming to you live from Caesar's Palace here in Las Vegas. And I'm sitting here with one of my best friends in the whole wide world. We've been uh, rolling deep ever since the 90s. <laughs> um, so introduce yourself to the audience, sir. What's up, everybody? This is Nick Stampede. Also chilling here. Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas. Unfortunately, it's the final night, but... Still had fun all around. Oh man! And um, in this particular episode, we uh, the re- one of the reasons why we're in Vegas, but besides our anniversary and honeymoons, respectively, <laughs> <laughs> is to attend the uh, largest fighting game championship in the world, which is the Evolution Fighting Game um, Championship here in um, Las Vegas. Also, and it's a, it's our first time at Evo, and it's Evo's first time at Caesar's Palace, and it's quite the, and it's our first time to Vegas, all of us. So it was, it was a bunch of firsts that we um, experienced this weekend here. And um, in this episode, we're going to get into our love for fighting games and also talk about some of the adventures we had in Vegas. And then finally, in the third segment, we're going to speak on um, Evo and the, our experiences there and some of the stories we have to share about what happened while we are at Evo. Um, the first segment right now... Uh, we're going to get into some of our reasons why we like fighting games so much and which fighting games stand out to us as some of the best ones ever made. And um, I will let Nick start on how he got into fighting games in the first place. And take it away, Nick. Take it away. Uh, I'm trying to remember what year it was. It must have been... What year did... Um, was it Street Fighter 2 for the Super, uh, Super Nintendo come out? Street Fighter 2 for the Super Nintendo came out in 92. 92. So it's probably 92, 93. Living down in South Florida, Pompano Beach. And I can remember that uh, my next door neighbor, who was two doors down, but his, na- his name was Bobby Bylas. I'll never forget that. And I remember he was actually the one that introduced me to it. And it wasn't even real introduction. It was just something, a game that he had that I remember he was always playing and always yelling at the TV screen about. I'll never forget that either. <laughs> And it just, I mean, whenever he couldn't, I know, I can remember always the boss characters always being where he would just, he would yell and scream at the TV and he, he would pass controller to me. And if I just happened to beat somebody, you know, he'd be, he, he would take the controller right back and he'd be <laughs> back to playing it again. But uh, that was my first experience with it. And then throughout the years, I'm trying to remember, it must have been once I moved to Orlando was the last, I know the first time was down at Pompano Beach with him and then the next time I was introduced to it was once I, I moved up to uh, Orlando mm-hmm. and my 
neighbor a couple down uh i want to say a couple streets down from me uh he had it also and again it was just something that you know let's play it and i didn't i again didn't know the characters i didn't know anything it's probably why i like to throw so much in the game in fighting games because i remember i remember that's all i knew how to do once they taught me like this is what you have to do to throw it's like this is all you have to do so and it worked so i remember that i, I stuck with that right. and it wasn't until it wasn't until um fye opened up at the oviedo marketplace oh, over Novito, and the first machine that they had was the uh x-men versus street fighter and I remember seeing it, but not really playing it. And uh, a friend had taken me to Disney on his birthday. What's the the technology at Magic Kingdom? The uh, the space area. Oh, um, I, I don't remember. Where, yeah, it's like the well, where the arcade was at in the in in Disney World. Um, right. They had the X Men vs Street Fighter there also, and. Again, we had seen it at the Oviedo Mall a couple times, so he was like, you know, let's go ahead and play it. Because at the time, you know, it wasn't that that pricey, believe it or not, even though it was at Disney. Right. But I remember, and that was the first time I noticed that they had uh, the actual move list on on the on the cabinet. On, on the cabinet. Hell yeah. Because he started pulling out supers before I could even do that, and I was like, how I didn't know how you were supposed to do that. And it, it was that day that I learned how to. To do, I figured out how to do supers, and we played it a couple of times. So from then on, anytime I went to the Obito Marketplace, I was like, I was always at the machine. And the fact it was only a quarter was even, <laughs> was even better. So I would play that all the time. And then once I got uh, Marvel Superheroes vs. Street Fighter, started playing that all the time. That was about the time moving up into middle school. Oh. It must have been sixth grade. And that's when I met your brother. <laughs> And Doctor Encyclopedia Black for those who listen to Flip the Script. <laughs> and I met him, and at first, you know, we weren't we weren't really friends, but we had a friend that he he knew both of us, right? But we weren't introduced to each other yet, so we we ended up meeting through this one friend. And when he had heard, or I think we just went to the the mall, and it's like you know, oh, I got I I always had to stop at that machine because it would always be like a Friday night thing or something. And like we'd go to the mall, it's like oh, I got I got to stop at this machine at least once. It's like my weekly weekly thing I had to do is get my <laughs> fill of, of Street Fighter. That's the only thing I had as far as systems that I didn't have anything that I could play it on. So that was all I could do is play it at the mall. And he saw me play that, and he's like, he's like, um, you know, we had this at home, right? It's like we we could play this at home if you want. I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, this is an arcade game. It's like, th- that's the only way to play it. <laughs> He's like, no, you idiot. Uh, dude, dude. There's these things, you know, there's other systems that you can buy and you can get this game. It's import. It's like my brother's already got it at home. I'm telling you, we were playing, we were playing it the other night. I was like, I, I call him a liar. It's like, no, <laughs> shut up, dude. And, it, it, you know, I, I kept saying that for... A while, and then finally he's like, you know, you know, oh, you should come over and hang out. It's like, and I will prove to you that we have this game. And I was like, I, I took him up on it. I was like, all right, fine. And we got there, and not only did you fools have X Men vs Street Fighter, you had Marvel Superheroes vs Street Fighter also. And I lost my mind the first time I saw that now loading screen on X Men vs Street Fighter. I'm like, I can't believe it. Those are, those are the letters. <laughs> that's it, the font. That's the font. It's like. I, I was like, I know this. I, I've seen this before. And then the music started kicking up, and I was I was in total awe. And your cousin was there at the time too. And when he heard, it's like you know, oh, I'm gonna prove to this kid, you know, we have this. He oh was he God. was more than excited. And that was also the day I learned how to do the Raging Demon. Man. Thanks to thanks to Jerome. So hey, there you go, my cousin Jerome, man. He's teaching people how to do the Raging Demons in the air. In, <laughs> in the, the air. air. He said you weren't you weren't good enough until you could do it in the air and, in and the catch air. somebody and catch and somebody. Catch somebody. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we were we, we were with, jumping up in the air doing it as many times as we could until someone landed it with Mac Goki. Mac Goki. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, those were the days, man. The import scene was pretty tough, man. Freaking Sega Saturn, man. That was the uh, yeah, that was the first time I'd ever seen a Sega, Sega Saturn. Also, Seriously? Man, my I, I I went from Nintendo to Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, man, what was the next one after that? It would have to have been um, Nintendo sixty four, probably. Not Super Nintendo. No, no, we, we oh, never it, got blessed with a Super Nintendo. Oh, get out of town. No, nope. I knew people that had it. Yeah, but you never got one. But I never got one. Wow, man. But I, and I never knew anyone that had a, a Sega Saturn. You were the first. I was like, where's this lost technology that what? that runs on <laughs> CDs? It's like this is amazing. Like, man, though, you missed the Sega CD. Yep. Man, so you got to see a Sega Saturn in its element. In its element, I, I watched the swap trick with the five in one cartridge in the slot. <laughs> And and the swap trick, I guess that uh, you see Jerome do like Jerome. Jerome would get us in total si- silence. Yeah. It's like shut up, everybody. Like <laughs> get down. It's like you know trying to give a, a machine CPR or something. It's yeah. like getting close up to it. It was tough because when you had to do the swap, you had to um, open the lid and then you had to listen for when the laser moved. Or when it was about to move. The way you could tell is that on the screen when the Sega Saturn was booting up, there was a Sega logo that would come up after the Sega Saturn splash screen. And that's when you're supposed to do it. Now, there's a chance you could cut your fingers open. Yeah. Because the CD spin is so fast. But you got to catch it before the CD starts to upspin. And Jerome was the master at that. He that was. could do that in his sleep. That's what, that's what everyone was telling me. He like, was. He got it every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> I mean, that's when you're playing Burns. Like, for regular imports, you don't have to do that crap. But, like, if you're playing Burns, that's a different story. I'm sorry, Sega. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, even on the even on the, the classic where well, you had to do your own mod for the Saturn, you'd have to do that swap trick. And it, it, would, it didn't come easy. It didn't come easy. I'd fail it all the time. And I own the system. <laughs> that's what your brother was telling me. It's like, it's, it's not easy to do, but, not at all. but Jerome was the master at it. Man. So. Well, I mean, when when did you come into fighting games on your own? I mean, um, basically, after after you know getting inducted into the the Russell household. When- that's that. <laughs> I honestly can say that's that was probably the start because after I figured out you guys had that and the fact that you kept getting new things mm-hmm. almost constantly, thanks to thanks to your ass, you know, it's <laughs> like, even though I never saw it, you know, it's like. That's like you know. Apparently, we have this brother, na- you know, you know, named Adam. Named Adam. It's like he lives here. You just never see him. I was barely home. And those if you days. did, it's in in shadow. It's like what? <laughs> it's like did someone just come home? I just saw a blur go by, like real quick. It's <laughs> like that was my brother Adam. It's like you have another brother. It's like <laughs> you know, the, the first time I met you was also um, Street Fighter related. Uh, the, the first memory I have of you was Street Fighter related. I came home one day. And it was late night, and you were spending the night, mm-hmm. and you and AJ were, uh, you know, both, both, you know, I was just watching a movie, and it turned out to be my bootleg copy of the original Street Fighter anime movie. I remember that. And we were talking, I was telling y'all, I was saying to you guys, it's like, y'all youngins ain't ready for this. I was going to, yep. I was like, y'all, y'all ain't ready to see Chun-Li naked. Yep. Because <laughs> it, it was about to be that scene. I remember you, kid, you was like, how old are you guys? Like, are you- <laughs> You kids aren't ready for this. And like, I, I stood and watched it. I was waiting for that song to kick up. Don't you cry. <laughs> <laughs> right as Vegas about to rape. Them. <laughs> <laughs> but Chunley gets some. Chunley gets that ass and kicks him out the wall. And it's like, man, mm-hmm. man, good scene. Good scene. I'm going to bed. <laughs> but yeah, that's my first memory of you way back mm-hmm. in like the, the late 90s. And um, man, before we go on, I'll, 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 I'll 
I'll touch on how I got into Street Fighter real quick. Um, like it was uh, it was '92. Um, I always heard it's the original Street Fighter, and I always knew it was notorious for those big buttons you had to punch on mm-hmm. the original version. And then I never knew about the six button one when it came out. But I really didn't dig it as much as I liked Final Fight, which came out in like '89. I used to play that all the time at Showbiz and all those other places. And then in '92. I just before we left, my mom took us on this road trip to uh, North Carolina because we lived in Virginia at the time, and um, we were forced to go on this road trip to North Carolina because um, she got into some Primerica um, pyramid scheme thing, and she wanted to go to this the seminar for it. So she dragged us all because she didn't trust us living at home, and she pro- she dragged us all with the promise of taking us to uh, Celebration Station on the way back home so you know we rarely got to go to celebration station and it was a pretty neat arcade and i happened to get this new copy of nintendo power in the mail right before we left so i took it with us on the road trip the issue was actually the street fighter 2 issue which i think had gal on the cover or something like that or chun Lee kicking gal or some craziness but i i I was reading it and i'd always remembered it was a phenomenon at my local arcade which is at the theater they built right outside of base and I'd see people crowding the machines, and it would just be a big deal. And I couldn't see the big deal about one person beating one person up. <laughs> but with that issue of Nintendo Power, I got to read like all the inside and all the characters. I got to see how you did all the moves. And it really did intrigue me. And this is by the time that in the arcade's championship edition was out. So, um, But the, the home game was about to come out on the, on the Super Nintendo, so that's the reason why I was in, in Nintendo Power. So I got excited. Um, after the seminar and we were on our way back, sure enough, we went to Celebration Station. And sure enough, there was not only not only that game, Street Fighter 2, they had a cabinet of on the upstairs level, but they had Championship Edition on the big screen, which was like across the arcade, so I can watch people play that as um, I was trying to learn the moves in Street Fighter. First character I played was Chun-Li, and I guess it's still my, 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 my favorite, I wouldn't say my favorite female character to this day, but one of mine. And uh, I learned the first thing to do, which is throw, much like Nick said. And I used to do a lot of throwing back in the day, too. But um, it was easier to do her moves, too. You could just charge back for two seconds and press forward. and Or charge, charge down for two seconds, press up and kick. And it was easy to do her moves. So starting up with Chun-Li was pretty, pretty cool. But um, as time progressed, um, I got the Super Nintendo game after we got a Super Nintendo. And learned how to play Ryu. Where my namesake comes from. I'm sorry. And um, I had the hardest time learning the Dragon Punch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it started. Yeah, um, my brother Andrew actually taught me how to do the Dragon Punch because he'd always pick Ken, and we'd always have Ryu Ken fights. And he taught me how to do the Dragon Punch, but it, I didn't really master the Dragon Punch until about about a year after the game was out. I just pretty much stuck with fireballs and spin kicks. Um, fast forward into the the mid '90s. Um, I, I really got into Street Fighter Hardcore when the Alpha series came out, and um, Alpha One was kind of wild because um, we went to, and it's always it's always a road trip involved when a new Street Fighter comes out for me. <laughs> um, we went to Memphis, Tennessee, for one of my relatives' funeral, and after the funeral, we stayed a couple extra days, and my uncle took us to the movies to go see Mortal Kombat. But before we went to go see Mortal Kombat in the theaters, ironically, we we're going to go see a movie about a fighting game. Um, he took us to this arcade right next door. Pretty nice arcade. We walk inside, and the first thing me and my brother Andrew see is Street Fighter Alpha. And I remember reading about it in EGM that it was coming out. Didn't know when, but it was coming out. And these mofos had the game. And I didn't budge. And it's funny, because wait across the arcade yet again was on a big screen, X-Men Children of the Atom. 
And I could watch people playing that game, and it looked insane. But nothing tore me away from the Street Fighter Alpha machine. I was rocking that for like the last two hours. My uncle would just keep keep giving me quarters, and me and Andrew would play that. And I picked uh, Ryu for in the beginning, but I started messing around with Rose and Charlie, who you know two characters which were brand new for that game. And Rose became a quick favorite of mine. And then um, I didn't at the time I didn't even have a PlayStation One or t- uh, or a uh, Sega Saturn. But uh, a friend of mine did, and I'd get the bar from him all the time. So I actually went out and bought Street Fighter Alpha 1 when it came out for the PS1. And on the weekends, it let me borrow his PS1 so I could play it. And I got pretty good at doing all the supers, which were extremely hard to do back then for me. And But it had a training mode, which was one of the, at the first, it was the first game I ever saw with a training mode in it. So you can just go there and do whatever. And um, we learned how to do supers pretty quickly. And, you know, it was cool because at that time, I, we just moved into a new neighborhood, got met a whole lot of new friends, and we all started to come to each other's houses to play Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. By the time Street Fighter Alpha 2 rolled around, um, we had Sega Saturns, and plus Night Warriors had been out for a while. So for those who hadn't heard of the Darkstalker series, um, that came out for the Saturn 2, and we just get it, we come together every afternoon and start playing all sorts of fighting games. And Mortal Kombat 2 was in there somewhere, but I don't like to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um it, it was um it was good times I, I relate street fighter a lot to hanging out with my friends and just trying to best each other in all those games and there's a lot of good memories that go with that and then um i met nick pretty much uh due to fighting games too he started to uh, hang out at my house a lot because um he'd come over and just play all the fighting games that we had because at that time i master i had master a pretty good collection and, go ahead well i was gonna say you know what really what started all that was the dreamcast mm. That was yes, what brought sir. what brought what brought us together. As gay as that sounds. Breach. <laughs> <laughs> go into go into some of your stories about the Dreamcast. Or- well, I mean, sh- shortly after you know, I I found out you guys had a Saturn. I remember uh, when was it? it when uh, MVC two Marvel vs. Capcom two was coming oh, out. Oh yeah. Um, I remember need, me me and me and your brother needing a ride, mm-hmm. and uh, you happened to come and pick us up, and you had a flyer for it at the bottom of your. <laughs> The bottom of your car, and I had seen that. I was like, "Wow, that's because I, I don't remember playing too much Marvel's Capcom right. with you guys." Um, and that was the first time I think I even saw anything as far as Marvel's Capcom Two. It's like, "What is it? What is this? Like, what what is this supposed to be?" It's like <laughs> you were telling me about. It. It's supposed to be this new fighting game that's going to come out, and I can't remember if like was it um was it out for the the Dreamcast like shortly after it came out in arcades or like how long. How long was it in the arcades before you guys before you guys had it? Technically, in Japan and in the arcades, it came out at the same time. It did. In America, um, the home game didn't come out for MVC2 until after the arcades got it. Um, but the funny thing is, is if you were an importer, or if you, you, know, you, know, you, get, you knew how to get your games early, you were already playing that game well before it came out in arcades Exactly. And once again, you guys, <laughs> it's like shortly after I saw the fly for that, I remember going to the mall and playing some, you know, one of the, actually the, one of the the arcade guys or you know, yep. he actually, um, you know, I had never even played the game, and he went and challenged me, and I actually beat him the first time, but then you know he beat me the second time, but that was my first experience with it. Next thing I know, I come over to you guys' house. Once again, you guys pull through. You guys actually <laughs> are playing this game, the import of it, and it's like, wow, this is the place to come to for <laughs> for fighting games. <laughs> so I remember. I remember playing at you know at you guys' house for for a little bit, mm-hmm. and, then, and then I remember going to the movies again with Jerome and AJ and um, 
I remember going up there and they they had the arcade machine and it was a big deal because it was brand new Ooh. to some people. Sticks weren't, <laughs> sticks weren't broken yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it started off with just a little group of people, but then I showed up and it, me and Jerome actually fought against each other. But you know him since you weren't my teacher, you know at the time, oh. you know, <laughs> you know I played him and you know basically whooped him real fast. Good lord! And then just a bunch of other people started showing up. It's like you know this guy knows how to play this game. It's like this you know this is brand. So how could he? How could he know how to play? And I didn't say anything that you know you you know you guys already had the game, but of course Jerome did. Oh man! And he'd shout out from the back. It's like it's like you know you got that at home. It's like <laughs> it's like you can play it at our house. It's like just yelling something or whatever. And some people didn't get it. Some people were you know asking me questions. I didn't have answers for. It's like oh I, wow! I don't know how to get it. I, I'm just. <laughs> He's the, he's actually the one that owns it, so mm-hmm. that was my that was my best moment of MVC two because I must have whooped like ten people and it was it felt so good. It, finally, our movie was going to start with like we got to go. Yeah, the break, like, man. You have the you left the quarter spinning. I left it there. <laughs> it's like so that was my best and probably it'll be my only. I'll never have an experience like that again because you know people nowadays are so good at it. So yeah, it was it would I'd have to say it was the Dreamcast. Wow, man. Yeah, the Dreamcast had a lot of a lot. It was a great scene. I know you went out of your way to earn to, to earn the money to get yourself a Dreamcast, right? Well, after seeing you guys have one, it was yeah. like I had to have this, and especially as many games that were coming out. I remember, I remember games were constantly coming out. That AJ would come and tell me, "It's like, dude, you gotta come over and play this game." Mm-hmm. It's like um, when Double Impact came out, oh, and yes. and uh, you know that was he didn't talk about that one so much. It was it was Capcom versus SNK one. Yeah, that when he came over, he's like, dude. Dude, you got it. Because he had introduced me also to King of Fighters. I had never seen that before in my life. What? Also, it's like, what is this? It's like another fighting game. Another another series brought to you by Sega Saturn. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think at the time I had um I, I I my Neo Geo CD didn't stay a lot at my house. I actually stayed a lot at Shoji Ramro's house because I'd I'd always go over there at night, and um it was over there. But I owned the Sega CD at the time and had tons of KOF games. But I also went out of my way to get them on the Sega Saturn, and I think I had uh. I didn't have 95 because 95 required a special cartridge, and I didn't. Ha- I had. I couldn't get my hand on both the game and the cartridge. No matter where I would go to use, it have either or. But um, most of the time, not the cartridge. It would just be the game. So it's pretty much useless. But um, 96, 97, and 98, those you could use with the five and one cartridge that we had with the with the megs and whatnot. And um, uh, I had that for my Sega Saturn, and we play it all the time. It's like we. It's funny because nowadays it's kind of hard to be multi-talented in any fighting game. I like multiple fighting games. You got to usually concentrate on one or two. Right. But back in the day, we used to be able to just switch between game from game to game, know all the moves, know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could get that back. <laughs> <laughs> but man, so so um, um Doctor Encyclopedia Black AJ um introduced you to KOF also. It, it was KOF ninety eight, and I just thought it was so funny. You know the title, you know. Title screen. It's like the King of Fighters. <laughs> boom, boom. Do, 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 do. It's like, it's like, wow. It's like, what, what is? Who made this? It's like, wh- where did this come from? It's like, yeah. you know, man, this is King of Fighters. So it's like, you better get used to it in this house. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I started playing that. I remember Yuri. Um, Yuri. Mm-hmm. Yuri. Um, she was the first girl that I picked in that game, and I just that that's the one that stood out the most. I can't remember who the other people were, but. I remember that was my first experience with uh, the King of Fighters. Wow! And when he back to going back to when uh, CBS One came out, he he came over to my house. And I remember him telling me, "It's like remember Kyo? It's like <laughs> Kyo and Ryu are talking to each other." 
at the beginning of the match, dude. It's it's incredible, dude. You got to check it out. And so I remember driving, you know, well not driving, of course, riding my bike over to the uh, over to your house, and he showed me this game, and it's like, wow. I was like, you know, especially the one thing that stood out the most from that game were the stages on that yeah. system. It's like, wow, this the backgrounds look incredible, and the fact that you know the sprites look totally different than what I've been used to seeing. Right. It's like, like this this game's nice. I like this. You see all the SNK characters redrawn, mm-hmm. like yeah. Capcom sprites, and the presentation in that game was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I I still look back at that game as probably the well the best produced game fighting game that ever was. I don't know why they didn't carry it on to CVS2, although CVS2 is a magnificent game. That presentation in CVS1 puts it to shame. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, um, when CVS1 came out, I mean, I don't think you, you weren't paying attention to, I guess, the behind-the-scenes rumblings before you actually played the game. But um, it was a crazy deal because, um, a little backstory, uh, I guess there was some kind of rumor going on in one of the Japanese magazines that uh, – that it wasn't even a rumor; it was just a, a misprint on the front of the magazine that people took a little weird. Um, both KOF '98 and I think Street Fighter Alpha Three or Third Strike it came out around the same time, right? And they had the cover stories on there, and they wrote on there with the headline KOF versus SF, and people thought that it was a real crossover game coming out, and it raised a big stink in Japan and some places around the world. And then you know it kind of got the producers from both series to come together and say, hey. You know, we used to we, we used to all work at Capcom at one time. Why don't we just finally put aside our differences and finally put out this uh, crossover fighting game? And um, since you know Capcom had already made a lot of money off of the Versus series with the Marvel Versus games and whatnot, they decided to finally come out with a CVS one. And I remember when the trailer for that dropped, everybody lost their damn minds. Right. <laughs> and uh, when the game finally hit and dropped on the Dreamcast, um, I went I went on my way to get it. It was a lot of fun. Um, it had some flaws, like the ratio system, where it was fixed on the characters and whatnot. But for the most part, I know it's a, lot of, a lot of my friends say, "Why are you playing that game? It's it's broken." It didn't seem broken to me. It seemed like maybe uh, it seemed like a beta for what to, what was to come. But it was um, it was just so much of a. I'd waited so long for the game like that to come out that I just I I would not stop playing it. And um, that's when you got into the scene too. And I mean, at least you know that's when you got. I, is, would you say that's when you got into it hardcore? Or? It was once. Once he had told me like you got to come over and check this out. And I I do remember him saying at the same time I'm talking about Third Strike because his his big thing was Akuma's uh, Ranging Demon. How it's just yeah. like the fire spits up everywhere. He's like, man, it's, you got to check out these games. And once he showed me those, I was like, I got to get Dreamcast. I got to <laughs> get one. It's like this. I want these games ready for me for when I get my for when I get my Dreamcast so I can play these like like out of the box. Yeah. Like I want to be able to start playing them. And and it's I mean a little side story. I remember asking my uh parents for a for a Dreamcast so badly and they teased me with it and I remember I was down in South Florida and I was visiting my grandmother's house and I remember being it was on my birthday and I got my, you know, pretty much my presents and I didn't I didn't get one I was like you know I don't understand you know my birthday is right around the corner from Christmas but I want it now and and I remember my dad tell me it's like you know go help your grandmother with the laundry and I was like are you kidding me like seriously like you know because I, I really wanted that thing so bad and to get disappointed I was just so hurt and they're like go do some chores or something like really like oh man and I you know I was upset and pissed, and they they had me go do it anyways. Mm-hmm. And 
and it was taking the stuff out of the dryer, and I opened up that dryer, and there it was in the <laughs> box sitting there. And it's like, I was like, are you kidding me? And it was, it was unbelievable. And, of course, I couldn't play it until we got back home. <laughs> but just to have it was, you know, that, that's, it made my birthday. Mm. And it's also funny because then I went to my, my aunt's house, and she gave me one too. Like, oh, my God. So I, I, got, I got two of them there. So I, I remember taking one of them because one was the, um, the black sports edition. Yeah. And I thought that was cool because, you know, it just stood out from the other ones, you know, regular white. So I kept that one, and I traded my, um, the one my aunt gave me to Circuit City, at, you know, wherever Circuit Cities are now, oh, unfortunately. In heaven. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I remember t- I traded that in, and I got uh, I know one of the game. I got a couple of Dreamcast games, but I remember the one that, I- and I still own to this day, is CBS One, the, Ma- the American one. Man. So I was glad I, um, you know, caught that out when it was still out in the stores. And of course, you know, I already had the one that you copy had you had given me. Yeah. Like, you know, as soon as you get your Dreamcast, you'll be ready to go. Cause, cause, um, for those who don't know. The burn scene was insane on the Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Just it a little was bit. insane. Again, Sega, I am sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, you went on and got the original version of that game, and um, it was just only, uh, I guess it was icing on, I wouldn't say icing on the cake, but it was a, a preamble for what was to come. One of the most phenomenal fighting games that uh, would to ever emerge came out i guess less than a year later because um as soon as a uh, cbs2 cbs1 dropped um news about a sequel or what <laughs> was more like an elaborate update but um a news of a sequel broke out and um slowly they leaked news about all the characters they're going to add to it i mean they practically doubled the roster mm-hmm. from the original game almost doubled the roster but um capcom versus snk2 got announced months after the part one did and when they started dropping videos for that game like crazy oh i know and that's all we did was wait for the next video to drop and i remember yep. you would come over to the house and we would watch those <laughs> and, and and not even just at your house because i remember that was the start once i got the dreamcast it felt like i had just joined a fighting game club because it's like from then on it was it was you could practice at home well and, and not even just that it was you know you started introducing me to these sites that it's like you know madman cafe it's it's like, yeah. you know, all these different places that had Street Fighter news where mm-hmm. news that, you know, you were already getting that, you know, was old news for you yeah. was new news for me. And it's like, you know, now I can start checking these things. And back, you know, when school was cool, mm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> the Internet, at least, you know, you, they, there was no blocking of sites. So, you know, I could go all, you know, you know, I'm supposed to be typing stuff up or something. I'm, I'm checking shoreyoucan.com. That's the first time I got introduced to that site. Oh, man. And they were posting, you know, videos. They were doing combos and stuff for, for CBS One. Mm-hmm. And um, I would watch those things a million times a day. I, it was, <laughs> it, I mean, it was old stuff, but it was still, you know, it was still fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And then once you had told me that, you know, CBS Two's coming out, it's like then it was checking up on different sites like every single day. Like what new, what new information are we getting? What what's new about the game? What are they adding? Man. Well, freaking um, yeah, there'll be updates. I mean, and, and that was a time where um, it seemed like for that game there was like updates for that all the time mm-hmm. when it came to information leaks and whatnot. I mean, we, we they would drop pictures that you know word would just drop that um, King was in it. Um, oh, not so much King, but like uh, who was in it? Like uh, Kasumi Toto's dad uh, and um, Kiyosuke. Kiyosuke and you know just. All sorts of characters were dropping for how Maru was like the biggest shock. Yeah, I was like, damn man, they're really going, they're really going on out. It's like I, I, I don't know how they can explain how a Samurai Shodown character can be in this, but wait a minute, Nakaru was in the first game, so you know what? I'm gonna shut the f up. Yep. 
But yeah, I mean, before you know it, you know, the, the they then they introduced the ratio system, not the ratio system, but the groove system, and that was something we really got excited about because not only did you have your pick of some of the best characters from both rosters of SNK and Capcom, but you could pick what style you wanted to use. And as a person who played fighting games throughout from '92 up until the time that CVS2 was coming out, I knew about all the way all the play styles that those games incorporated. Like mm-hmm. Samurai Showdown had um, was incorporated into the K groove. Which, you know, we had the uh, anger meter, where if it got hit, it would build up. And I thought it was pretty ingenious. They put it in the game, and I'd been used to playing KOF. So, um, you had the advanced and extra grooves that uh, were incorporated in CVS2 as the um, the S and the N grooves. And then um, you had uh, the, the CAP grooves. You know, C was uh, from Street Fighter Alpha. Um, A was the pretty much the Vism or custom combo meter from 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 Alpha Two and Alpha Three, kind of a hybrid of both. And then you had uh, the P groove, which was Third Strike, which was kind of like a neutered Third Strike, but yeah, it was. <laughs> but it was Third Strike nonetheless. Um, but you know, it, it you know it, it you you had many ways to play the game, and the game was phenomenal. But um, I want to get to the story, mm-hmm. like the, the the story that touches us the most, mm-hmm. the day, the week that CVS two was coming out. Yes, the most excited we could ever be. Yes, it was also one of the most tragic weeks in American history. Yes, and um, Nick, I'm gonna let you get into your your side of the story. And my heart goes out to all the the, the people you know that lost a loved one or knew someone that lost a loved one in in nine eleven. Mm-hmm. And in no way am I trying to. Belittle. belittle that at all but I, I can honestly say i was i was sad about something else that day oh. other than that i mean it was I, you know it was just it was something that we had looked forward to for yeah. so long and just to have something like that again you know it's nothing personal or anything like that it just it just the timing couldn't have been worse yeah we imported the game from uh from one of the online dealers or forget the name of there was a really popular website where we could import games from and i forget what it's called now but um we imported the game from them, and um, because of 9-11, it got delayed. So I'll let you go on. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we had those school planners and stuff that, you know, we could put <laughs> everything in. It had calendars in. And, I mean, it's messed up, but I literally, before any of, you know, bef- well before the month of, um, you know, September, it was, it, I had that day, because I remember the website had said, like, this is the day it's going to ship. Yeah. It comes out this day. It should ship by this day. And be here by Friday because I know we had like next day shipping on that. Like it was, it was. We went all out for that. We went all out because we don't want. We want to sleep on that. <laughs> I kid you not. On on nine eleven in my planner, it said D Day on it because it was just. <laughs> It was the day, and I was so excited. Like I couldn't. I went to school. Ha- I actually went to school happy that day because I was like, <laughs> "Like this is the day it's going to come out." We look forward to. It. I'd save all that money up mm-hmm. from um, from working construction for that summer, and I was like, "This, you know, it was finally the week. It was finally the day that it was going to happen." And you know, unfortunately, you know, due to certain events, you know, due to terrorists, as, and in fact. <laughs> I saw that, you know, it was my second period class, and I saw that was going on, and the first thing that crossed my mind was, is mail going to get delayed? <laughs> is, is, is the postal service, gonna, you know, I, again, you know, it, it may sound effed up, you it know, to some people. It was reaction, dude. But it was just, it was, you know, because at the time, the, the towers, you know, again, you know, I, I hate to bring up you know, old history and stuff, yeah. but nothing had happened. I mean, as far as only the one had been, yeah. had been hit yet. So 
in my mind, I was thinking, you know, is is this going to affect mail at all? Because I remember them talking about, you know, you know, planes and stuff and everything are going to be stopped. And Plus, at the time, we didn't know the magnitude of the situation. Right. You know, we didn't know how many lives were going to be lost. We didn't know, um, you know, we didn't know if people got out in time. You know, we didn't know anything. And then the next, you know, it, it wasn't. It, it didn't sink in how bad it was right. at the time. But yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 honestly. You know, you, you, the first thing you come to mind is like, well, flights are going to be delayed. Yeah. You know, flights are going to be stopped. It's like, I, I, I first thing that came to my mind is like, it sucked to be flying today because you're not going to yep. go anywhere. Right. <laughs> They're grounding everybody, and then it slowly dawned on me that yeah, the, the mail would be one of those things that get grounded. Right. And that's that's <laughs> what I was wondering too, if that was going to get affected. And of course, you know, once one thing led to another, then not only was I sad for what was happening, but also <laughs> because it was like a double whammy for. Yeah. I, I know at least for both of us, it was it was a sad. Day. It went from a happy day to a very sad day and i remember you know again um thursday because i remember that was a wednesday Mm -hmm. and then thursday you know again i wasn't you know everybody was sad about what happened the day before and you know i was sad for two reasons so it was it was it was gloomy for everybody and And it's like you were on cloud nine i was oh man i was i was as as what was um Summer, what is that? That movie, that summer, summer. Every, um, every, oh, everyone has a summer. They want to remember. And that that was that was the summer, and man, it's, it's like Harrison Ford winked at me in the window. That day. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was feeling good, and then that you know you saw, you all saw that Solo in your reflection. Yep. And so you know Thursday finally passed, and Friday started up, and you know again I. And I was thinking Thursday, I was like, you know, we'll be shipping today. Mm-hmm. And then Friday, I was like, you know, we'll be here today. I would be playing it when I get home from school. I was, it was upsetting. I was like, man, I was like, when, when are we going to get to play it? Yeah. When's it going to happen? And I got home. I, I took the long, you know, walk from the bus. And I got to my house and I'm sitting there and it's Friday now. It's Friday afternoon. It's like, ah, what am I going to do now? Oh, I got nothing to do. Nothing. I almost want to say I was playing Samurai or um, what game was it? So, um, not Soul Blade. Or maybe what, what's this? Um, Soul Calibur? No, not Soul Calibur. Uh, the one with Kaede and um, and his. I want to say it's his brother. He's got the. It's a Samurai game. Oh shoot, Last Blade. Last Blade. Last, Last Blade Two. Yeah, Last Blade Two. Last Blade Two. I was playing that, I think. Yeah. And your brother called me up. <laughs> And I, I thought he was just going to try and rub it in or something like because he knew how excited we were about it. He called me up and he's like, hey, man, I'm playing CVS 2 right now on the Dreamcast. And I'm like, dude, I, I think you're because because I remember being confused when Pro was coming out, CVS yeah. Pro. And I was asking you, it's like, is, is, is that like the same thing? Is that like, are they confusing it? Pro with 2 is like, yeah. you know, because new characters are getting introduced. So is is that it and you were like no it's only joe and, and dan are getting added that's get it added, yeah. and a couple of um things are getting fixed it's basically like now we have patches and stuff for the 360 and all that exactly. stuff so it's basically a fix to the game and two new characters so i i thought that's what he was talking about it's like you know oh you're probably playing like you're probably seeing these two new characters and that's it because he didn't really follow that scene so yeah. he didn't really know too well I, and i can't remember was King was in the first one, right? Yeah, King was in the first one. King was one. in the first one. Because um, I remember him saying, you know, oh, I got King. And he had mentioned two characters that were not in the roster yeah. from, you know, pro or first one. And I was like, are, are you kidding with me? Are you, <laughs> are you joking? And he's like, I'm I'm dead serious. I am playing it right now. I'm at that London stage. Oh, He's like, you know, I, I, he's like, I see, um, who is it, Dudley? 
and, and Rose and Rose, like all these people are in the background, man. He's like, I'm, I'm playing it right now. I'm like, dude, I'll be over in a second. And I, I, I honestly, I honestly don't even think that I hung up the phone. I think I dropped it. And and I honestly don't remember if I, 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 I probably ran there. You blacked out. <laughs> It was, it, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing, and I rode over on that bike as fast as I possibly could, and I get into the house, and he took forever to answer the damn door, it's like, what is taking so long, it's like, and he comes on, he comes and answers the door on the phone, mm-hmm. and I'm like, who are you calling, I was like, I'm right here, it's like, you know, <laughs> he's like, oh no, I'm talking to my, my cousin in, um, you know, one, one of the islands or something like that, I'm like, yeah. I'm talking to them, I'm like, dude, where is it? Where is it? And it's he's like, oh, it's in the back room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I go back there, and it's I'm looking at it in all of its glory on your TV screen. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. And I'm, I'm waiting for this fool to get off the phone so I could see him play it. He's, he's, he must have been in there for like 10 minutes. And I'm still looking at this pause screen. And I'm like, I finally go out there. He's like, oh, I'm going to be done in a little bit. And I'm like, let me borrow this. Give me two minutes. And I will give it back to you. Just please let me take this home real quick. <laughs> and I had to struggle with him, to, you know, to get it back because he was just like, man, if you know, if you come home, you know, he's like, he's gonna, he's gonna expect it to be in there, and and like, you know, like, come on. I was like, just two minutes. That's all I need. And he finally buckled, and he's like, go ahead and take it. I and I think I just opened up the uh, the tray and took it out and ran. <laughs> Like, didn't even close it and just ran back on my bike and handling it like it's a jewel Woo! on my bike and just riding it home and it's like just tossing my bike into the garage and just you know running in there and um making a copy of it Man. and as i was doing that that was you know getting those things from you it yeah. didn't take very long when you're not paying attention but those two minutes probably was that lasted like an hour to me because i'm dang. sitting there watching the whole progress of it getting up to where it's finally 100 percent to where i could put it in the blank and finally play the damn game. So it's like, finally it spit it out. And it, <laughs> it took me a while before I finally put in the um, the blank disc. Because yeah. I'm sitting, I finally popped it in there. And it's like waiting and waiting and started playing it. It wasn't a, wasn't it a complicated process to copy a Dreamcast game back then? It was like, there was some kind of like program, a special program you had to use to make an image. And then you had to like burn it with another program or something. I can't remember now, man. But The one I, the, the one I used was Disc Juggler. And disc, that was oh, a, there you go. That was a simple, just put it in there and it copied the image. Mm-hmm. It would spit it out and say put in a blank, and I did that, and it did the rest. It's juggling. <laughs> and it was it was incredible. That to this day for me is the most like it, it blew my mind just how everything played out and how it's like you know it went from not having the game to all of a sudden it, it, now it's here. Yep. And I'm playing it on time like I thought it was going to. Like yeah. it, everything still played out like it was supposed to. Instantaneously. <laughs> and it finally took it took me a couple hours before I finally returned it. <laughs> but, oh shit! Yeah. But, uh, I don't think it did, but. <laughs> It was just, I, I couldn't put it down. I was like, oh, it, this is so good. This is so good. I was, I'd waited, we, we had waited for this for forever. And it's just, you know, to finally have it in my hands. Finally have it, man. Yeah, it, it's funny. The other side of that story is um, that that morning, that Friday morning, I, I get a phone call from a friend of mine, Shoji Romero. Well, you, you, you've heard it on Level 9 and on Flip the Script. And um, he tells me, you know the... Um, you know, you know the copy of CVS two dropped on the internet, man, on the news groups. You know, I got it, man. That's like stop line, stop line. <laughs> it's like I got it, man. I called off work that day. 
<laughs> I called off work that day. Is this Friday? It was. Or? It was that same Friday. It was. Yeah, I called off work that day. I ran to his house. He burned me a copy. I went back home and I I left it for them because I was trying to get another copy for you at the time. But I got found out that you already got a copy. You made a copy of the copy that you had. So, and I was I was trying to get Jose. The Shoji ran out of discs, so I had to go get blanks. Mm-hmm. And I had to do I had to do a bunch of errands that day anyway. But um. I must have went over like four or five people's house that night playing that game alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I made sure to go home and get and leave one at the house so that um, they would have something to play on that game too. And I I, I don't know I, I I I stayed up so late that night just playing that game alone that um, I honestly think that getting that game was probably the the greatest fighting game experience I've ever had where where we finally had that game and you know. We must. I must have stayed up the damn six in the morning playing it. And you, you got it. And you, I know you stayed up late as hell. Cause oh, you, it was Friday night, and you, I was. You had nothing else to do for I the rest had, of the weekend. I didn't have to do. I was, <laughs> that's exactly Ooh. what I was looking forward to. And and it's funny because you know my next door neighbor. You know he was all about trying to go do stuff. And, and you know he played me in the first one a bunch of times. And you know he like he liked playing his Rio. Yeah. I remember he loved using him so much, especially because of that damn punch. That's super. <laughs> And the first thing, the first time he picked him, you know, I knew he was going to. And the fact that we, the, right off the bat, we saw that, you know, they delayed his punch. Yeah. It wasn't instant anymore. It and it's wasn't. like, that was the worst thing they could have done to him for that because <laughs> he was so upset. It's like, you know, you used to catch me with that a lot. And to have that delayed now, it gave you that second to, well, I can just jump out of the way. So he, I remember a lot of the, the test phases with that game, you know. I remember spending it with him because you know he wasn't he wasn't a huge fighting game or anything, but yeah. you know he liked playing that game. So was it the first game you like realized differences between um, like one game to the next or like nuances with certain characters? I mean, it it is almost like the fir- perfect game to find that stuff out in and um, and to be able to experiment in so many ways with all the different grooves. I know you preferred C groove over all the other grooves, but um, well, and I'm and. In uh, the first one, I remember I was picking S groove all the time. Yeah, because yeah. that was the fun one to pick. You know, building up your meter like that, it was it was more fun, I think, than the actual King of Fighters game. Because I don't know, it just was. <laughs> Once you got low, you had infinite supers right? too, which is yep. like the best part. Um, and I remember trying to to keep that in CBS too. Mm-hmm. But I remember it was uh, thanks to Shoji that when I finally met him, it's like, oh, you know, you need, you need to come, you know, meet the guy that, you know, hooked us up to begin with. It's, yeah. like, you, it's like, you need to meet, you need to meet this guy. And it's like, he plays it a lot too. So, you know, you, you know, you guys have something in common. It's like, mm-hmm. all right. So, uh, I finally met him at Rocky's replay. Oh man. And you know, he was rocking geese Howard. He just, he was actually just getting off beating somebody. And <laughs> I remember he still had no emotion even then. It was just a simple, like, you know, <laughs> what's up? Like, Hey, <laughs> And uh, we went back to, you know, playing the game at his place. And I remember his uh, bison was destroying me because all he had to do was jump and kick. And yeah. that's when I stopped picking S group because it was like, <laughs> it's like I need an air block of some kind because that's, you know, I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So I remember, I remember that's when I had to switch. Going right to C. Yep. And you never, you never look back. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, I tried, you know, going to different grooves. Um, like you had said before, uh, with the P group not being the same as Third Strike, because it's yeah. definitely not. So it's a little neutered, especially if you don't have ESs. I, I don't. I, to this day, I still don't understand why they didn't give um, P group at least that advantage to have um, to be able to enhance your moves and have it take off a little bit of the meter. I thought that um, the absence of that really 
you know, it just made it lacking. I, I still picked it because I like parrying, but it's a different kind of par- it, it feels different than than Third Strike. Third Strike, I think you have more of a window to parry moves. In CVS 2, you don't. You know, if you're even not parrying it off the first frame, you're... <laughs> And I and I remember I remember when you finally made that switch because you used to rock N group a lot. I did, and I, I used to roll a lot, and that was my problem. Mm-hmm. I, I'd roll so much that I'd always get caught and thrown out of it, and I just needed to neuter myself from that. So I moved on to. I, I like C, but I I didn't want to get accustomed to air blocking because um I I started to rely on it too much, and there were so many other fighting games I played that didn't have air blocking, that I wanted to stick with the groove where I didn't have air blocking, and I didn't have rolls, and P group seemed to fit that, and I like pairing. Um, I had to use my super. I had to use my super sparingly because you only get one long ass meter, and although it takes off a lot of energy when you do the supers on P, if you miss it, you miss it. You got to start all over again. Maybe I shot myself in the foot by picking P, but I still had a lot of fun playing CVS too. And mm-hmm. um, to this day, I, I still think uh, to me, technically, it's the greatest fighting game ever made. To this day, I'm sure other people would disagree. I used to be Alpha Two for me. Mm-hmm. I thought Alpha Two was probably the greatest fighting game ever made until. I play CVS too, and now because of the amount of characters in it and just the significance of the game, that game to me, as we've said throughout many years, um, if you made a strategy guide, a proper strategy guide for CVS two, it'd be nope. as big as a phone book. There's no other fighting game you could say that for. But for CVS two, you can because with every groove, it multiplies each character by six. So it's like you almost have six different characters per character when you pick a groove. Like King in C groove is completely different from King in P groove. The moves are still the same, but the way you play her will be slightly different, and the right. way certain things work out for her will be slightly different. But we can go on and on about CVS too. Um, if you know someone with a copy, play that mess. It's it's still valid. Hopefully, Capcom will re-release it sometime in the future. Another game we hope to see get re-released is third, Street Fighter Three Third Strike. Can't wait. Yeah, uh, Nick. Nick, what did you say about that? If that ever gets re-released, Super Street Fighter Four is going up on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> It'll sit right next to Vanilla. Oh. <laughs> It's like they'll be old old buddies. Oh man! It's and not that I, I hate Super Street Fighter Four. It's just it's just not my cup of tea with that whole that focus fake. canceling. Yeah, and I just I can't incorporate that into my game because it's just not I'm I'm not used to with all the other Street Fighter games not being something that you could do. Yeah, and I understand with each Street Fighter, you know, there's something new that you have to learn that you know puts you above the rest of the crowd. It's like that just to me. I just I could never do it. It's not as as you know because some people will argue with me because I love Third Strike to death, but they're yeah. like you know well what about the people that can't pair that's why they you know don't like that game but to me it's like you know and i got my my cousin you know into into playing third strike a lot and right he he's come from not being the best street fighter player either to all of a sudden you know he he started playing third strike with a little bit of practice and timing with just tapping forward or down is all it took to parry. Man. You know, there's a lot more stuff to incorporate when, when you're trying to uh, focus cancel. It's a lot, it's, it's harder to do than just you know, to parry. So to me, it was a simple thing that with just a little bit of practice, you can, you know, you can get better at it. And with just taking risks against other people, you know, you'd get better at it and you find yeah. out what you can parry at, what you can't. Whereas at focus canceling, there's a lot of things that you have to incorporate rather than just <laughs> pressing forward or down. You know, it's 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 more it's more complicated than that. Yeah. So and especially under pressure, you know, good luck. You know, unless <laughs> unless you've had a lot of practice, especially in the tournament scenes. You know, under pressure, you know those. You know, even focus canceling into supers and stuff will can be difficult. So focus canceling into rushdowns. Um, it's. I find it amazing to watch. I just, I, I can't do it. I can't mm-hmm. do it. It's not like, um, pairing just seems to be a bit more intuitive. You know, you just press forward. 
you press mm-hmm. forward right when someone strikes bam 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 you know you know it's not as easy as it sounds but you know once you get it down and once you get used to fighting certain people and certain characters what they do yeah it's it it almost feels a bit more natural mm-hmm. um i could see how it can be abused um some people just wait for you to do stuff and then you just counterattack and do that but i out of the out of the two games i enjoy watching more I enjoy watching Third Strike more when I see people go at it because, you know, when people parry, my favorite thing <laughs> is to hear the audience go, hey, 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 with yep. every parry. You know, it's like they just, oh, they know what's coming. Or if uh, uh, there are a few custom combo characters in the game, too, mm-hmm. that um, would, you know, would, uh, you know, anytime they'd nail a hit while doing combos, you know, people would say, do the same kind of chant, and it was just pretty neat. But no, in, in essence, um, my greatest example that I could show anyone is the fight between um Dago Umahara and Justin Wong from um Evo two thousand four, right? Uh, I believe it's um I think it was two thousand four. Two thousand four or yeah. I think that's what it was. It, it, if anything, uh, most most fighting game fans have seen it, but there's a video on YouTube, uh, an excerpt from a uh, Evo D V D from Evo two thousand four where they showed Daigo fighting against um, Justin Wong's Chun-Li and Daigo's using Ken. Daigo barely has any energy left in his health meter, and Di- and Justin has a full super meter, and he's pretty much, you know, thinking he's going to be able to um, to grind him out by just, you know, forcing Daigo to block his last super. When Justin charges him with Chun-Li's final super, Daigo goes ahead and parries every hit. And this is Chun-Li we're talking about. In her super, she kicks a lot. So... Daigo has a lot of hits that he has to parry, and when you parry, you press forward and block. If you manage to successfully um, press forward at the it's at, at the exact time that Chun Li is going to kick you with these rapid kicks, you'll block and not take any damage. Matter of fact, you'll gain a, a, a I think you gain a, like a line of health when you parry it, or is that um? I don't remember if you gain any health. I do know yeah. you gain some super meter though. Yeah, I'm you pretty do. Sure you do that. You do, and um, Daigo managed to parry all the hits from that super. And then set himself up in a position where he could counter super. And to watch that video is an amazing moment. Because not only does it capture the actual moment where he triumphs over um, Justin's counter. But the audience is watching this entire thing go down. And the uproar from the audience is insane. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen the YouTube video, go and find it. Um, it I believe it's called The Beast is Unleashed. And um, if you type in Daigo, Justin... The beast. I think, I think it's like Evo moment number thirty-seven. Evo, you got it. Evo moment number thirty-seven. Look that up on YouTube. Find it. It's a, it's a, one of the best moments in Street Fighter history. And I, m- I remember the morning that I I went on the computer and um those were the Sorrento days, mm-hmm. and I remember them having that posted like you know this 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 is amazing like I I want to say it like just happened or something. Mm-hmm. And I watched that clip, and I was in awe. And I, I remember when you finally woke up, I was like, "Dude, you gotta watch this clip. Look, look at what this guy has done." Nowadays, you know, it's it's considered to be nothing because people have been able to now figure out, like, you know, either it maybe it had been done before, or yeah. it had just never been done in a mainstream like that. And because now I've seen many other characters been, you know, like to go as far as Hugo yeah. being able to block that whole thing. And good God. Yeah, I mean, it's and I remember as soon as I saw it, I went and trying to practice how to do it myself, and um, it's it's definitely not easy because you have to tap forward before the super animation comes out. Yeah. Which, if you watch the video closely, you'll watch, you can see, um, and it took me a while to figure this out because I kept trying to do it as soon as the animation started, and I would get <laughs> caught every time. I was like, how in the world did you do this? And then that's when I realized, it's like, wow, no way. Like, And I, I tried doing it before the super animation. I set it up because um, the replay option yeah. to do for your computer character, 
and I set her up to do it, and I, I tapped forward before the animation thing came out, and, it's, and it started working. I was like, I can't believe, like, he, under pressure, he was able to do that, and that's incredible. And if you watch in the video, mm-hmm. you'll see him, he moves forward, like, in those final moments before the super finally comes out. You know, he's, he's his Ken's moving forward, and that's because he's tapping forward, because he's waiting for it. He knows it's coming out. He knows it's coming. And sure enough, he goes and taps it, and then he, he paired the whole thing. It's like he, he read that perfectly, so. It's almost like the guy is precognizant. I mean, he was able to just like, I mean, maybe he, he faced that down in Japan so many times that, you know, he. Oh, he had to. Yeah, have. he, he, he had, had to. Have. There's no way that he could do that on the fly, but without practice. But Daigo has always been, he's always, I mean, and this is not, I'm not trying to sit here and fawn over Daigo, but, mm-hmm. I mean, quite honestly, he's the Michael Jordan of the sport right now (laughs) he is he he really is and it's it's amazing to see him work and just triumph over impossible situations in these tournaments and like i said if you find that video you might fall in love with watching street fighter on streams and and just watching other matches because he makes it he makes it he makes a show out of it and he's not even trying to it's just you know he's he's just that good of a player but um, any any final thoughts on on your your fondness for fighting games at all before we wrap up this segment? I'm trying to think of something good to say about them. Cause any 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 fighting games you recommend for any um any beginners? For beginners, it's kind of hard to say also because I mean they they keep getting <laughs> it, you'd have to almost go back to an older you know copy, um, but with the way they keep changing them nowadays, it's yeah. like it's it, it's really they they I think they try and make it to where. Even if you're new to the game, you know you can pick it up and try and you know work on it. And, yeah. and I guess that's what they're trying to go for, and what what they were trying to go for in su- um, Street regular 4. Street Fighter Four. Yeah. And you can definitely tell because there's a lot of kids and stuff that get on there, and they they spam the same stuff over and over again. <laughs> and unfortunately, sometimes it works. And I would almost say maybe Street Fighter Four mm-hmm. would be good, but I mean, I I <laughs> I had um, high hopes for starting off with Blaze Blue. Yeah. But at this point in the game, it's, I mean, if you're a Guilty Gear player, you've already got the, the mechanics down for that one. So it's <laughs> it, it's also, it's, it's hard to say for a fighting game where to start off. It would almost, you could you could start with one of the new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'm going to say start with Third Strike because that to me will always be, you know, a crowd pleaser. If you if you can learn how to parry, which again, it's, it's not too hard. If you like, you know, if you're trying to get into fighting games, the, the, you know, the training menu will help you. And also with that replay option to set it to where your computer can do certain moves, to like just a simple fireball. Yeah. Just work on that. Just work on how to um, how to parry that. How to parry a, a simple fireball, and then I would move on to um, doing just a, a, a reuse super, you know, Shinku Aduke, and it's just now now instead of just one, you've got five. Yeah. And it's like just work on that timing, and from there, just experiment with different characters. Because the computer will do the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. so eventually you'll learn. Especially, I, I loved playing against Dudley. You know, he would try and do that. You know, multiple punches, mm-hmm. and it's like that was always fun to parry. At first, it wasn't easy, but after a while, you know, you could tell when he was about to do it, and just practicing that. So, I'm of course gonna say Third Strike. You know, you just <laughs> I would say pick that up, and it's, after a little bit, you know, move on to another game if you want. But man, um, man, those are good. Those are good selections. Uh, I. Where I would I would definitely I would highly suggest uh, Street Fighter 4 or more so Super Street Fighter 4 for anybody who's beginning. Uh, there's a whole new generation that's playing these games, and this year's Evo at the at the finals, um, a lot of new faces. Yes, it did. Uh, a lot of new faces in the top eight. It was pretty cool to see. Um, as for the oldie but goodies, um, CVS 2 highly recommend. Although that is a more advanced yes. game, and you could get slaughtered in it if you face against anybody who knows what they're doing. Um, 
the ones that are easy to play are the Versus series. I would suggest X-Men vs. Street Fighter or Marvel vs. Street Fighter for just pure fun. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that game because when it comes down to it, there's six good characters in that cast. Hopefully, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 will be very um, beginner-friendly mm-hmm. when that game comes out. It's, it feels that way, and later on in this segment, later on in this episode we'll get into our thoughts about that game but um, other than that um, the Alpha series Street Fighter Alpha uh, Alpha 2 especially I'd say is a very good game to get into Alpha 3 too Alpha, Alpha 3 is pretty good it can be a little advanced because there's um, three different types of super meters that you can pick and styles that you can play it's kind of like a precursor to uh, CVS 2 with the different grooves that are in that game but um if anything, yeah, those those are the good games uh, that you can go out and find. Um, a shout out goes to Samurai Showdown, which we didn't we didn't mention in this uh, run, but that's a really good fighting. We game mentioned it. With, with, oh yeah, yes, right. We mentioned it. We did mention that when we were talking about uh, Last Blade, but yeah, another good series. Samurai Showdown Two is a pretty fun game to get into. Also, made by the original producers of um, the original Street Fighter Two. But um, that is it for this segment and our our our, um, our, rec- our our look back on the fighting games that we uh, that brought us into this whole um, this whole scene. And we'll be back with more Gundam and MHQ in just a moment. Gundam. This episode of Gundam is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Right now they're offering special discounts to our listeners. Just simply go to GoDaddy.com and use the code GUN8 for 10% off any order not already discounted. GUN9 for $5 off purchases that are $30 or more on any items not already discounted. .com domain names are as low as $749 if you use the code GUN10. And last but not least, code 20H1 for 20% off hosting plans. For more information, you can go to Gundam.net and click on the GoDaddy link in the Sponsors and Special Offers section. Don't wait too long. The domain name you've always wanted might be claimed by someone else before you know it. Register with GoDaddy.com today. Gundam. Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by GoDaddy.com. Welcome back to this special episode of Gundam at MAHQ. This is Sobo Ryu again here with Nick the Stampede. And um, we're, of course, coming coming to you um, recorded from Vegas. Vegas, baby. <laughs> Vegas, baby. And that's what this segment's about. Um, our little uh, adventure in Vegas uh, on the side while I'm um, here, um, here attending EVO, the uh, EVO 2010, the fighting game championships. And um, I, we just wanted to get into some of the things that we did here in Vegas while during our stay. Um, Nick and his wife Lisa, uh, they both got here a little earlier in the week than I did, 
and they got to enjoy some of the um, the fun spots that uh, Vegas provides. And I'll let you get into how the week began for you, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, the first place that we stopped at was uh, where we stayed at is Excalibur. Oh, oh man! And uh, I remember the first thing that they they tried to sucker us into was to try and do a, get a free show somehow, <laughs> which we knew there was a catch about. But you know, they tried to play it off like there's nothing there. There's nothing, you know, there's, all you got to do is go see our hotel and you'll get a free pass or something. And I even asked the guy, point blank, you know, what's the catch? He's like, and he assured me, like, there's no catch. He's like, I told you, just like, go down and see our, see our new hotel that's opening up. You'll get free passes to any one of these selected shows. It took a while, but I was finally like, okay, we hadn't even checked in yet, mind you. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, fine, you know, if it's that easy, like, we'll go ahead and do it. And he's like, okay, let's, you know, go ahead and pick out your show. Um, but also, this is what I'm going to need from you guys. And I was like, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and uh, he's like, you know, I'm going to need a deposit of $20 each to, you know, hold hold your spot and all that. And, you know, once you go to, you know, see our hotel and stuff, they're going to have you fill out, you know, some survey stuff, ask questions. And then when you come back, you know, you get your money back. And then you'll you'll get to go one of that to those select shows. Right. So I was like, you know what, we'll 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 think about it. You know, <laughs> you know. Of course, we thought about it afterwards, and I was like, you know, we're we're just not doing that. So that was right off the bat. It's like people are already trying to sucker us into something. And nice. So uh, and it was funny because the whole rest of our time in Vegas, you know, anyone they try and stop us, or we'd see other people getting stopped. Like, oh, because they start off by asking, like, oh, you're gonna be in uh, Vegas tomorrow, or for the next couple of days, you guys just checking in. Mm-hmm. It's like let me t- let me. Let me go ahead and set you up with your free uh, your free tickets or something, and people would just you know just like us, hook line and sinker. They okay, oh, it's like man. free tickets. It's like it's like no, nothing's free out here. So <laughs> fill out paperwork for the next six hours. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which we later found out when you go to the hotel, they could keep you up to six hours Damn. filling out this service. Some people have taken six hours to get that, and it's not worth it for a show. That's really that's isn't. that's a lot of time to spend there. It's a lot of time wasted. Wasted. Yep. So that was that was the beginning of Excalibur, <laughs> and you know we, we we later went down the strip, you know up in North Dakota. If you guys know where that is on the map, you know because right. it's 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 out there, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're from. And it's we don't have a Wendy's out there, so when uh, when we found a Wendy's here, we were like you know oh well Wendy's you know we haven't had that in a long time. Let's go ahead and have that for for lunch. Right. And between the two of us, just getting a, a value meal each. I don't even think Lisa got a value meal. I think she just got a regular, just two items. I think that's all she picked. So I got a value meal. She got just two items. Cost us like twenty dollars. Damn. You know they they didn't even have a, a dollar menu of any kind. So twenty dollars on our first meal, where we we have since found out that you know all you can eat buffets. You know which which we after that meal, I told her we have to find one. We have to find a buffet somewhere. And Excalibur had a great buffet that uh, you could go to for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for like thirty bucks piece. So and you could even just charge it to your room. So oh, wow, it's wow. like we didn't have to pay. And you just got a wristband. And when the lines, you know, are ridiculously long, like we as we've seen oh, yeah. at other places, you know, later on once it, once it gets time for dinner or lunch or anything, um, you don't even have to stand in line for that. You skip to the front and to where they seat you for a table. What? So, it was nice, and it was well worth the money because anywhere else that we've eaten, you know, it, it just it almost costs you thirty to forty dollars to eat. You know, if, if you eat at a regular restaurant, so it's ridiculous. So buffets are definitely the ways to go. Yes, they are. And so and it's coming from a man who who enjoys his buffets, loves his food. <laughs> 
But man, any, anything else happened before we got here? I mean, we went down the strip later that day, and we didn't go too far down the strip. Uh, to be honest, by the end of the day, I actually was a little disappointed because I, you know, going down the streets, there's these. Anyone that's been to Vegas knows what I'm talking about here in a second. Mm-hmm. These guys are constantly at, at every corner, every stop, you know, slapping these cards and trying to put them in front of you. You know, we we had heard about this already, not to even bother even looking at them or giving them any attention. So right. we did just that. But, you know, some fools, it, because they're, they're putting them right in front of your face, you know, for the most part. Like, they're putting them in your way, and they're, they're slapping the cards, as you probably could hear in the background. It's like... They slap them, and they hand them out to you, expecting you to take them. And it's like, I just don't. But you see the other people that do grab them. All these cards are are these, you know, naked girls with a number on for you to call. And that's all. That's what these, these people's job is, to stand out there and do this all day long. Man. And it's upsetting because, you know, you're trying to walk along. And we've seen some people get upset because they're carrying their luggage. And they try and hand them, you know, hand them a card. And they'll say, it's like, does it look like I have a free hand? <laughs> and they won't speak to you. They won't say anything. They'll just try and slap the card, put it in your face, and that's it. So, you know, and, and, and it's it, because then when people grab the card and they see what it is, you know, they just throw it on the ground. Right. And so you, you'll, you'll get past that point where they're trying to hand them out. And the next area, there's just littered the ground with just cards Jeez. all over the place. And, you know. Up on, you know, where there's some bush areas, you know, they're all in the bushes, there's some trash in there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, really, it just, it, it didn't seem like, I didn't expect that from Vegas. I right. expected it to be a lot more, you know, obviously it's it's Sin City, you know, to be dirty and stuff. But you should have to kind of look for those places a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I understand the shows, you know, but those are tasteful, you know, tasteful for yeah. the most part. But stuff like this, this should be a little bit harder to find, but not, you know, too hard. Not to the point where they're throwing this stuff at you. <laughs> and I just didn't expect that so much and to see it litter the ground like literally everywhere you went there's there's pornography of some kind everywhere <laughs> and i know probably the single guys are all pro- probably telling me it's like what are you complaining about <laughs> <laughs> but you know if you're going there with family and I, and I remember telling lisa this it's like you're going there with your family or with you know if you're bringing your your wife well your wife or your kids yeah your kids are walking along in the ground and it's like you know they've only got a bird's eye view of the ground so <laughs> it's like you know they see all this you know TNA all over the place <laughs> and it's you know it's it, it's Man. It, it's it really is not a place to bring your kids for the most part Pretty much. it's not and and the fact that everything is so expensive it's just not it's not worth it to bring your kids out there it's and, and it's more for the single crowd but if you've never done it before it's definitely something to you know experience yeah so i mean that's basically aside from evo that's what we were here for is to go to vegas we've never both of us have never been here before so i mean it the rest of the couple of days i mean we went basically exploring and yeah. just looking at all kinds of stuff because you know we, we knew you guys wanted to go to certain things also so we kind of held off on some of the stuff but right. just browsing shopping Spending a lot of money, you know, <laughs> going around. But for the most part, I mean, it, it, it was a good experience. It was good to see the place. So. Man. Well, um, I know that uh, we got here four days into your, your stay here. We touched down at, um, well, actually, uh, our flight here from um, Orlando. We flew from Orlando to L.A. 
and we picked the one day to come to LA where it was actually overcast with the threat of rain. And as a friend of mine put it online, it says, um, when it's about to rain or the threat of rain is going to happen in L.A., the city comes to a standstill. (laughs) (laughs) So um, our flight didn't leave. Our flight was delayed by almost an hour to get out of L.A. to get to Las Vegas. And we finally get to Las Vegas. And we get here. And, you know, the first thing you see are slot machines all throughout the airport. Oh, yeah. That's like they want you to get started, like, out the gate, literally. (laughs) And I I did. I was one of those guys. Because... Yeah, you know, you're in Vegas. You know, they're gonna, you're obviously going to be there, so I had to jump on that too. I know Jen and I were free. And Jim and I were were were, were grumpy as hell because um, I we di- we didn't sleep the night before, and we thought we'd get to sleep on the plane, and of course, and you you might as well just it, cue the bad sitcom um storyline. There was a crying kid like two seats behind us mm-hmm. that would not shut the f up, <laughs> yeah. just crying and crying and crying. We barely got any sleep. Um, we got to the airport, had a four-hour layover at L.A., and um, I worked on the show to get episode uh, 57 out. Got most of it done, too, which is cool, because, you know, I got to spend the time you know, working on something for y'all listeners. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, then uh, we flew out, got to Las Vegas, and um, we were beat, like totally beat. The first thing we wanted to do was sleep, but we knew that was not happening, because um, we, we still had to get to Caesar's Palace and check in and, and deal with all the madness and meet up with, with Nick and Lisa. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jen and I, we uh, jump on the bus to uh we jump on a bus to uh to one of the shuttle buses to get to the hotel and we run into a, a bunch of evo players that are um are on the bus which is cool we run into um a really well-known player named all lord who uses a uh, cami in super street fighter 4 but uses a pad as opposed to what is popularly used which is a joystick meet him and some other cats that are from all over connecticut canada and all lord and his friend which are from new york and of course you know i'm coming from orlando we get to talking and we finally get to Caesar's Palace, and we get out, and we run into Nick and Lisa, and we go inside, and uh, uh, if anything, uh, I'll save the, the the story of the check-in for the Evo section, but um, we um, we check into the hotel, and um, day one, we get here, and after we get our registration passes uh, for Evo, what's the first place we went to? Do you recall? Do you recall? <laughs> Did we go to a buffet? Because I'm pretty sure we yes. were all hungry. <laughs> yeah, Jen and I were starving, so... We um, conned y'all into going to um, we conned y'all into buying the buffet of buffets, the um, the wristband, twenty four hour one, the twenty four hour wristband, which is actually a pretty good deal. It's like thirty four ninety five plus tax, but um, you get access to certain buffets at certain places, which are all grouped together on the strip. Um, you won't believe it, but Caesar's Palace is right across from the Imperial Palace and with the Flamingo, and Harris is right up the street. So within walking distance, you got all these places with different buffets and this pass is um available to go you can you could with this pass you could have a 24-hour pass to get to buffets in any of those places and paris las vegas had a pretty good breakfast buffet which we went to on day two but we bought that buffet pass and and went nuts at the buffet at uh caesar's palace and and then after that uh gosh what else did we do mm, i know we took it pretty easy that day because i mean you guys were you had some jet lag and yeah we were wiped we were wiped out and we went back to the hotel room and slept i was supposed to um go with you and lisa out to uh out on the town but i just i couldn't hack it i just <laughs> yeah well i mean it, and i remember i had warned you guys too i mean it is it is no joke out here when it comes to heat yeah you know i i, I feel like you know being away from florida so long maybe had something to do with it but in all honesty it just it, i don't think that really was <laughs> that big of a deal because i think it's just it is just so hot out here it's searing um you know i i, I come direct i came directly from orlando where it was already pretty hot anyway 
But you have humidity, and I can't stand humidity, but I've come to quickly realize I can't stand dry heat either. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially, you know, when you have no shade, it's pretty brutal. And, and my wife, Jen, she um, she needs sun, sun she, she's pretty pale, so she needs uh, sunscreen all the time. <laughs> she says you can't hack it out here for extended periods because she just has to put on sunscreen all the time. Unlike back at home in Orlando where it, there's a chance it'll be overcast and, you know, the sun won't be out and blazing, so you don't have to put it on all the time. But, um... Yeah, I know. Yeah, we took it easy. I, I went back. I went back to the hotel room to finish up Gundam and then take a nap, which mm-hmm. I thought you know, I was going to take it like an hour nap and then be ready to go. Oh no, I, I passed out. <laughs> I, had to, I had to disappoint Nick and Lisa that I couldn't. I, I didn't have the energy to go out, but that we I make up for it the next day. Day two, after attending the opening for Evo, we went out a few places, right? Well, I'm sure we did. We went to Paris, Las Vegas. We started out. For breakfast buffet at Paris, Las Vegas, which is very good. I highly recommend that, especially if you get the buffet of buffets. Paris, Las Vegas is a nice, um, has a nice casino, but yeah, that that breakfast buffet was probably the, would you say it would be the best buffet we went to? Well, I will. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the best buffet that I can think of was the uh, Excalibur, right? Excalibur, but um, what was the last one we went to? Because... The Flamingo Buffet is the one we went to last. I think the Flamingo was also a pretty good one also. I mean, yeah. it just... But I I still think the Excalibur had... I mean, it had a variety of different type of foods. I mean, you're talking Italian, mm-hmm. Asian, American. <laughs> you know, but... Who knew? I mean, it just had all kind. It just had a wide variety of stuff, so... I mean, I just, I, I mean, the first couple times we ate there, didn't really care for it too much. It wasn't until I realized that there was a whole other section that it's like, you know, wow, like this, this, this is the buffet right here. So, and there's some we didn't get to experience, which I'm sure might have been better, but you know, just from what we experienced, right? That I think that was my favorite one was Excalibur. After Evo, we met up with the girls at the Flamingo and had the buffet there, and then. Well, we got back here. I think we went to Evo one more time, and we pretty much wrapped the day up. Mm-hmm. But it was Saturday that we did the most, I think. Um, Saturday, we went to Evo in the morning, and the f- we went up there for a tournament, but um, it didn't happen at the right time, so we had to leave because we had we had promised that we would come back at a certain time to, uh, to go out and do stuff. And the first thing that we did is we went to Circus Circus. We went right for that buffet. Yes, we did. <laughs> she called the show Buffet Chasers. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pretty good spread, man. We um we experienced the um the delight of chicken and waffles that day. Yes, we did. And to anyone who has never tried it before, treat yourself. <laughs> it is delish. Chicken and waffles, dude. I was like, man, it was better than I expected. I always always um heard it referenced in all sorts of movies. Yep. I'm looking at you, Black Dynamite. But um, <laughs> yep. But yeah, that was awesome. They had a pretty good spread there. And then um we played a lot of slots and we just walked around the place. It was a pretty nice performance from that one um girl on the um on that on that rope or that uh there was a girl that was suspending herself on a on a on a on a string or I, I, I don't know a sash a really long sash and she was like doing all sorts of stunts suspended in air and um she was uh performing at circus circus and it was a pretty neat scene um after we left circus circus we went to the stratosphere Yes, oh, we did. Oh, yes, we did. Now, um, Stratosphere is not only a casino and a hotel, but it's also um, an attraction here in Las Vegas because it's the tallest building in Las Vegas. I first saw it on a show called Bert the Conqueror, which is airing on um, Travel Channel right now, and he went there to do all the rides at the top. 
including doing a free fall that you can you can do a control free fall from the 108th floor all the way to the bottom floor right um they put you on a cord and you're actually falling by your own weight for most of it and then there's a point where it the the cord that you're suspended from will start to slow down it actually catches and then you'll slow down it'll drop you safely to the ground mm-hmm. and um it's a neat sight um if if you have the travel channel watch Bert the Conqueror you'll see him do it he was the first one to do it but he also there was also several rides here like there's a ride that goes up and down on the needle at the top of the stratosphere which will take you up and down which is like you know just just a big ride shot of, I think the, is what it's called the big shot exactly and then there's another ride which it's Kind of a roller coaster, but it just takes you back and forth from 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 the point where you load onto it to the very the tip of it, which it kind of extends over the city and it stops at a cliffhanger where you're looking over the edge of the the roller coaster, looking at the city below, and it can mm-hmm. be scary, but it is it's a roller coaster that goes nowhere basically, right. <laughs> and it eventually brings you back. And um, but the one that you were interested in doing was the insanity, mm-hmm. and you can go ahead and describe that one for the audience. I mean, basically, you know, you sit in pairs of two. And 10 people total can be on this ride. And it basically straps you in like a roller coaster. Feet don't like hang out, but basically you sit in this little cart for the most part. Yeah. And it'll start spinning around slowly. And as it spins, it spins out to over the edge of the, the stratosphere to where you can see like down below you. And as it's spinning, it's slowly getting faster and faster. And then it'll start like spreading open to where you're eventually spinning around in circles, looking down. It rises you up to where you're, you're, you know, looking down to the ground. Mm-hmm. Really, the only scary part was at first. Really not even so much scary, but the most butterflies I had was when it was first taking you over that edge. Because right. when you first get that look over the edge, it's like, wow, we're really high up here. <laughs> but then after that, I mean, it around circles a couple of times. You know, it's it's not that bad. But going back to that that free fall drop, there was a girl that did that, and that took balls. <laughs> uh, because I, there was no way, because the way the set, the stratosphere is set up, the windows inside are slanted to where you can actually not really get a um, complete look of where you're like on the glass, but a good enough work, look to where you can like lean over and see a good portion of the ground. Yeah. Even from that point, there was no way you could get me to jump. There was no way. And this girl, like a champ, was up there. She was leaning over the edge, like where you're supposed to, like leaning forward, looking out below her. And I was just like, there's no way. There's no (laughs) way you could get me to jump off of the building like that. I don't care. You know, you'd have to push me off. You'd literally, you would have to throw me off of the edge because I would get cold feet and just be like, no, no, I'm not doing it. Or I would just not have to look down because once you look down, you see how high up you are. No, no, there's just. There's no way I can do it. Plus the fact that it costs like 250 bucks. Whoa, but, <laughs> man. So it's not worth the whole like six seconds that you're falling down to the ground. <laughs> so, but this this girl did it like a champ. She was excited about it and she jumped and it was no thank you. We got her. Uh, I, I, we're not sure if it was her husband or her boyfriend or something asked if we could take pictures of her. So we got that lady's email address and we got her pictures and stuff. <laughs> We joked around that it's probably not even her email address, <laughs> but their ex-husbands or something like that send these pictures to them. It was cool up there, though. It was a nice view. At the top of the stratosphere, it's it's pretty cool because you um not only have all those uh all those rides and whatnot, but you can see a panoramic view of the city. Like you can go all the way, you can walk all the way around it and see the entire city. Just the entire. I I don't know if it's dead center at the center of the city or not, but you get a, a pretty good view. You can see all the way out to the where the desert stretches out to the mountains. You can even 
look at through one of the um, binoculars or one of the uh, viewing stations they have to see the Hoover Dam and some of the other uh, monuments that are around the city. And it's just really, it's a really cool scene. If you want to go there and take a lot of pictures, there's a bar upstairs. Sky Bar. It, it's it's a really cool place. It costs what twelve bucks to get to the top. Something like it's, that. Something like if that. you're staying there, you got to go to the top. I think for yeah, free. If you if you're staying there, you get to go to the top for free. But if you're not, you have to pay twelve bucks to get to the top. But you know, it's it's a it's a great place to go. And uh, we got we went to we went during the day. I can only imagine what it looks like at night. Right. Because uh, Vegas is a city that looks completely different at night than it does at day. So mm-hmm. um, if anything, if we ever come back to Vegas, I'd like to go back there at a nighttime just to see just to take pictures of what that. Um, what the city looks like from there but um we left the stratosphere after that and we walked up the street to probably your most favorite place in this whole city the sahara <laughs> and if you like you said if and when we come back yeah that will definitely be the, the hot spot indeed <laughs> i mean that if, if i wish we would have found that place i mean we knew about it but we just never went to it until just the other night and man did we have fun <laughs> Now the Sahara, the Sahara is a place where you can find um, the NASCAR cafe, which um, I saw a man versus food. I'm a man versus food junkie. I love that show. What what TV show I don't like? I, I guess I don't know. But um, it's, uh, I didn't know that right next to when you go inside the NASCAR cafe, there's an area, and 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 Lisa. Nick's wife, she happened to see the the advertisement for it when we passed the Sahara on the way to the Stratosphere originally, that they have dollar blackjack tables. And it's funny, because when I was at Circus Circus hours beforehand, I played blackjack at the tables for the first time, and I spent a $50 bill at $5 blackjack in, like, what, 10 minutes? If that. I was upset. And it's like, damn, I, I was happy for the experience of playing blackjack for the first time, but I burned through that 50 like nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I wish there was a, a, a cheaper table. At Circus Circus, there was a cheaper table, a $3 table, but it was packed. There was no way we were going to see it no seated there. No way. And there was only one. Yeah, and it was only one out of all the other tables. The Most of them were five or ten, and I wasn't going to go through that again. So um, when Lisa saw that they had dollar blackjack at the Sahara, it came to us. It's like, man, we should go try that out. So we walked up the street. It was like two, two, two and a half blocks up to the Sahara. We go into the... Um, the place and um we sit down at one of the blackjack tables that's a dollar and we had one hell of a time yes we did yeah we did i mean if anything um we all took our ten dollar bills and passed it over to the dealer and she gave us a stack of chips and it must have lasted us like what four hours hours (laughs) we sat there getting free drinks Right. Well, technically free. Um, yeah, you're a real douche if you don't tip the waitress that's bringing you the drink. Not completely. <laughs> Not completely. <laughs> <laughs> there's no law that says you have to. But, there's, there's no law know. that says to, but I mean, it, it's courteous to tip a dollar if you can. So that's what we did. We um, every time she brought us a drink, Nick was drinking um, all sorts of brews, like uh, you switching from Bud Light to Newcastle. Yep. And, and I know you know Shoji will smack me for doing that because. <laughs> I eventually went from Newcastle back to Bud Light because Ooh. eventually we left. But, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, I was like, well, I need to keep drinking. Yeah. And no other place has Newcastle, so. You switch from clear to brown, back to clear. Brew. So. Mistake. <laughs> but, yeah, we had one hell of a time playing blackjack at that table. That we, was so much fun. And we had cool people at the table. Like, um, Nick is in the Air Force, and there was this uh, older couple that sat right next to him. And they, we got to talking about what we did. And um, when he found out that Nick was in the Air Force, he thanked, he thanked Nick for what he did and for his service and, you know, what he does for this country. So, you know, 
that old guy was, you know, he was on point. Not only was he courteous about that, but also when it came time to actually playing, I remember there was a time period where he wasn't sure what to do, and he's <laughs> over here fondling with something, and I'm, like, looking at him because, you know, I was like, you know, he's fondling down at his waist, so I'm like, what, what is this guy doing? And I'll go look at He's over there. He's got this little cheat sheet, and he's got his his own homemade cheat sheet that he wrote out tips of something, you know, if, if this is what to do. He probably read up online or, like, with something we saw at the Stratosphere, there was an actual card that gave us a cheat sheet, and which also played a big factor because um, Sobro had, when he was wasting that $50, <laughs> he was hitting 15 constantly. And I'm sure there's, you know, blackjack players that listen to this that probably know exactly what to do. But mm-hmm. we're still kind of new to the game as far as playing in a casino other than a video game. Right. So, <laughs> you know, we weren't sure what to do because it's a tough call. 15, you know, we weren't sure what to do. How do you roll with that? You know, it's like, man, what if she gets something higher? Uh, how, do you, how do you know to play? How do you know whether to hit or stand exactly. on 15 or 14 or 16? And that cheat sheet showed you how to do it. You know, basically, if your dealer has, what, a, a card higher than seven? or Well, it, it broke it down as far as, and it, it, we just saw this in passing, and it yeah. was funny. I should have picked it up. It was only like a dollar. But it's like a little, it's about the size of a small playing, playing card. card. And all it had on it was on one side, it was basically like an Excel spreadsheet and it on one side on the um, left hand side it had like if you had this and then at the the top was if the dealer had this the spaces in between that would say stand or hit right and i looked specifically for 15 i was like what happens if you if you have 15 what do you do and the cheat sheet said if the dealer has anything seven or higher that you should hit mm-hmm. according to the cheat sheet you know don't don't yell at me because that's what it said <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it said and the cheat sheet was right yeah it helped us out numerous times it's like you know it's and when I, the break like like 15 16 times <laughs> right it's like and i and whenever i didn't listen to it and i tried to go for it i always you know bit myself in the ass because then i would i would bust or Something like, and you know, there's those times where the dealer will get blackjack, and there's nothing you can do about it, anyways. But, mm-hmm. but for the most part, that cheat sheet came through almost 90, 95 percent of the time. It was yeah. always right, and I was like, wow, I should have picked that thing up, you know, <laughs> to know how to bail yourself out of other 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 card card situations. Because man, and that because that guy next to me, I mean, he had his own cheat sheet, so apparently it's not frowned upon. So oh, that old dude next to next to me, that Obi Wan Kenobi dude, he was cool as hell too. That dude was cool as crap, man. That dude was just ordered Newcastle after Newcastle. He kind of spilled his Newcastle on the table, though. Yes, he did. <laughs> All over the Shroot Bucks All that we were trying to win. Shroot Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever go to Sahara and you go to the dollar tables, if you get a blackjack, or I'm sorry, if you get a 21 off the first two cards that you get, they'll hand you something called the Vahan Buck, which if you get five of it, you get, a, I think, a free spin on, on some wheel to win a prize, and you also get, like, free plays on slot machines and whatnot. And we accumulated quite a bit when we were there. That old dude next to us, man, he... Um, he had a stack of those things. He had a fat stack, and he knew when to bet big. Like, I'd see him, like, you know, he'd put one in every so often, and then there'd be a time where he put in, like, six, or he put in, like, $20, and he would win that mess for sure. One time he won with the 21, and it's like, dude, how do you know you're going to get that right off the... Yeah, that- right off the bat. <laughs> Well, and you know, it's funny, too, because he also did something that I'm not even still sure what he did because he had 21, and then he bet again on something like, 
I, I honestly, do, I'm not even sure. I was actually gonna actually gonna ask my father about this because he he's more of a, you know, he knows how how this stuff's played. But I don't even know if he'll know because the guy next to me, you know, he he was the old man too, yeah. and he saw him do this, and apparently it's a legal move, and he bet on himself or something as far as that the dealer still had 21, yeah, even though he had 21 or something to that effect, and the guy had said it, you know, in all my 30 years of playing. I've never seen anyone do that. I didn't know you could do that. Wow. And it's like, it, he didn't know you could do that. And then, <laughs> and then remember, I, I don't know what it was that your guy did also, that the dealer's like, oh, you can't do that. And he's yeah. like, are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? It's like... <laughs> It's, it's like he was testing. It's her. like, man, it's like, did, did you make the rules of blackjack? It's like, you know, you know a lot of stuff about it. Man, you know what killed me though? You know, a lot, I know a lot of people get upset when they change the dealer. Yeah. Because usually when you change the dealer, I, I never believed this till I saw it with my own eyes. But when the dealer changes, sometimes the game changes. Well, when the substitute dealer came in, the Asian lady, the game was going good, man. It was going damn good. I was well, like, I was up. I was actually over ten dollars. Mm-hmm. And then the Ethiopian lady came back. And completely screwed us, man. <laughs> yeah. But you, but you know what was also you know what I noticed about that also could um was that she was actually she was helping us she at was times. She was helping us out, yeah. Because there were times that she was giving you pointers on like kind of yeah. what to do, and I don't think they're supposed to do that. They're not supposed to do that. And also um, doing something like there was one time that she didn't have to hit somebody i can't remember what it was but i I remember specifically like she didn't have to do this yeah but she did it anyways and it ended up helping everyone at the table like everybody won she's like oh you see i make you guys money like make you guys when you win i win yeah (laughs) exactly she got tips (laughs) exactly and i'm pretty sure that's what she's playing for because it's just dollars you know if it was if it's five dollars you know it's a little bit different Mm -hmm. but usually you know those are more high roller kind of casinos but uh, at first i wasn't happy about her because she was more like you know you do the no you know if you don't want any cards you have to you have to wave yeah, your yeah. hand and stuff you do because of the, the eye in the sky is looking well for right that, yeah. but I, I noticed the other lady that we first started off with she was just like she'd almost bet do it for you like yeah. she knows okay not to you know you don't hit you don't like because i noticed there was one time like you had, you had said to hit and she just passed you because it was like no no <laughs> It's like, no. <laughs> and, and it ended up helping us out. It's like, we didn't, you know, we still won. So, but it, I, yeah, $10 lasted forever. And we, we still had money, but we had to pull ourselves yeah. away. It's like, all right, well, it's, it's getting late. You know, we've been here for four hours. So yeah, we need to, we need to pack it up. We need to pack it up, but definitely take note of this place for next time. Coming here with like a hundred. If you, I can only imagine if you just sat there with your 50, how long that would have lasted. I'd have been, I'd have been there for days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool. And, 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 and that's the whole point of this is is that if you are not used to playing any card games at a, at a casino and you want to learn how to play blackjack right now the only place i know of where you can play blackjack for a buck is the sahara so if you're within range of the sahara go to the sahara spend a good time they got really funny pit bosses uh that guy the mm. guy that was the pit boss was hilarious yeah. real, wait, wait a minute jimmy walker came in yeah from good times man yep. and he told he said jimmy walker's here on, on when i say everyone Everybody say dynamite. Yep. Sure enough, Jimmy Walker walks in and he says, "Everybody, dynamite!" That was freaking ridiculous. <laughs> he got a kick out of it too. So you kids have no idea what I'm talking about, but don't worry. <laughs> just go to just go to YouTube, type in "Good Times" and dynamite. You'll see who I'm talking about. But um, yeah, that was it. Was a good time, man. I have to say that of all the places we went to, gambling wise, 
Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, Lisa, Nick's wife, has something to say. Go ahead. I just want to say for the females that it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Any of the casinos, they have a million penny machines. Oh, yeah. You can sit there with a dollar bill, play for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and we were always on the lookout for the twin Sex in the City games. Oh. They had those. If you got the Mr. Big, you could win real big. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get to play that game? We played it at Excalibur a few times, and we sat and watched some people play, and they were racking up mad money I, on I, it. I, I lost quite a bit on it, mm-hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> but every casino, you could spot it, the big pink fluorescent. <laughs> what was cool about it is, and I'm no fan of the, the, the movies or anything like that. I heard the TV show was cool, but when you see that game, it's like the most eye-catching game there is in the whole casino because of the way the interface is. Is it touchscreen? Some of it is. Yeah. Yeah, if you got like, um, you could play on that four games at a time if you wanted to. And to do that, I think it cost you $2 right. per play to play four games. And if you won some of the bonuses, it was touchscreen like, oh, match the shoes or do this. <laughs> and it was really cool because it had clips from the show. Right. And they're like, oh, if you want a, a Charlotte, she would do something, you know, uh, on the big screen. And it, it was really entertaining with the music wow. and everything like that. But I really liked a lot of the penny machines. There was one at the Sahara that was a penny barn or something. Yeah. And Jen and I were sitting next to that thing and she was my lucky token for the night. Because I... <laughs> I got some of the bonuses, and it gave you 12 free spins, so you just, you didn't pay anything. You racked up everything Man. that it was it was spinning out, and I did play some of the blackjack, too, and as a girl, it's like, uh, you get a little intimidated, so it's like, that. Really? I started with my $10 as well, and it lasted, it lasted. I know Jen played some of the roulette. Yeah. She was having a good time She's doing a good that. Time. She didn't like blackjack much. She started out with blackjack, and then said, I'm going over to roulette, and made me get up from the table. And then <laughs> I played roulette for a little bit, and it's like, baby, this is not my game. I right. got to go back to blackjack. And right. I sat back down next to the Nick, and I must have $4 left and because um, roulette stole all my money. So I get back to blackjack, man. I get down to one chip, and then I started to bounce back up. I got bounced back all the way back up to 10 and kept like moving up and down, and that, that game was cool. One last thing about the slots. Um, my, my girl, Jen, she played a, a slot at the a slot game at the casino, too, at uh, the Sahara, which is like one of those lucky sevens, triple seven games. She put in a buck and must have got all the way up to ten dollars and then you know she 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 when she's on a roll she likes to cut herself off it's like okay i'm done i'm done she she printed out that ticket with the ten dollar voucher on there pulled that mess right out the machine and went to go cash it and it's like baby you, you're good at these slot machines i mean granted it's totally random but when i play these things i barely i barely get through <laughs> but go ahead nick what, what were well, you gonna i was say? just gonna say when you were talking about your uh when you went down to like just one chip left <laughs> And your and suddenly your luck changed. I remember you had just gotten your drink too. Oh man! And you started drinking, and it's like it's like all of a sudden your luck changed. It's like <laughs> I was like, man, it's the lucky brew or something like that. I, don't I know. was lucky, man, because I hadn't drank the whole trip until we got to Sahara. And um, like I said, if you go to any casino and you're gambling, they'll be quick to you know to serve you drinks because they they want you they want you sloshed, so you start losing your money. Right. But um, I was ordering mixed drinks left and right. I ordered a. Uh, a rum and coke, and then I, I I was rocking screwdrivers the rest of the night. They weren't really strong, but, you know, they went down smooth. So. But for the most part, they were free, though. They were free, so I can't complain. <laughs> they cost me a buck tip. That's all That's all there was to it. And, you know, I would just, you know, hand a lady a chip, you know, when I was, um, when, when she'd come by. So, you know, I'd always have a, a chip set aside for her. But, yeah, man, the Sahara was one hell of a place, man. I And we didn't even get to see the whole damn casino. That's the... <laughs> 
<laughs> Man, we didn't have to. We found the hot spot. That yeah, was we did. that was the place to hang out at. People, that place was crowded too. Uh, the, the the every table was filled with people. As like you, people would stand around waiting for seats to open up after a while. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, if you got the chance to go, go. Um, especially on the week, uh, on the near weekend. Uh, we went on a on a Saturday, so it was pretty hot then. But yeah, later on um, after the Sahara, we came back by ta- taxi cab to Caesars, and we had uh, we had dinner, and we played the uh, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> a bunch of this I don't remember, so everything I'm assuming it's true. By but this time, Nick was wasted. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I remember the cab ride being a very very scary. Uh, yeah, it was it was intense. <laughs> The guy was driving like crazy, but he was funny though, and um, he was like an ornery Italian t- guy too, which was really cool. And when we got back, we came inside, we had dinner, and then we went to uh, the Wheel of Fortune game. And uh, Lisa, she made out pretty big. You want to tell that story, Lisa, at all? I think there I started with five dollars. Mm-hmm. I spent a few, and then um, with that, you could put a dollar down on any. I think there's seven options yeah. for this big wheel, and they have mostly it'll land on a one or a two. And there's like two jokers, and if you win on one of those, it's forty. Well, I put my dollar on a twenty, right? And so I got paid back twenty bucks on that. Man. So I walked away with almost, t- I think, ten dollars worth of profit because I gave the guy a tip. And Nick, at one point, uh, grabbed one of my chips, like, ah, I gotta keep this. He put it in his back pocket. And- <laughs> You know, the next day, this morning, I'm trying to explain to him, oh, I won 20 bucks last night. Uh, I don't remember that. I'm like, check your back pocket. <laughs> oh, there's a chip from Caesar's Palace. In here. <laughs> so that's uh, that's the best game. It's it's so simple. It's a lot of fun. And it, it is cheap to play that one. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. Yeah, she, yeah she, Jen, we're both fans of that. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> I'm a fan of it, too. We all played it at... Um, Circus Circus. Circus Circus was when... Um, I played it the night before at Caesar's. But then we went to Circus Circus and played that for a while too, mm-hmm. and then when we came back to Caesars, we played it again. So we were bummed out at the Sahara. We found it, yeah, and we were really hoping to play it. But they said on the weekends they don't really have it up and running. Oh, oh that's the only thing that was missing that night. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one downside for the Sahara, it looks like. But, um, yeah, it's a fun game. It's a simple game to play. There's really no system. When they spin the wheel, it's going to land on something random. You're more likely to win a dollar by betting on a dollar than anything else because there's more slots on the the wheel for that. But uh, for the most part, it's a lot of fun, especially if you're looking to kill time. And it's a fun game, especially when people get around to see you on a a hot streak or anything like that. Um, We didn't get to play roulette. I I didn't get to play roulette. And... um, no, I take that back. I'm sorry, not roulette, but craps. I didn't get to play that or poker. And I saw a couple of tables with Kino and, and, and simple poker games that you could play. But um, I was a little intimidated by that, so I didn't get to play those at all. But um, we got back to the hotel, and we pretty much wrapped the night after we played the uh, spin that wheel game, and then saw the Pussycat Dolls. Uh, we saw the Pussycat Dolls uh, Casino, which is inside Caesars. And let me tell you, Caesars Palace is a huge place. This place you could explore and always come up with some new place you haven't seen before. Um, it's as big as four blocks. It's, it's just huge. And uh, we we did a little exploring before we went back to our hotel rooms. And then today, um, Sunday. We pretty much went our separate ways, I guess, for a little bit of the day. Except for breakfast. We did start out at um. We started at a place I saw on Man vs. Food, ironically again, called um. Was it House of Hashigogo? Sure. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Henshinagogo. Well, as as Nick and I have called it now, uh, Henshinagogo baby, <laughs> from Beautiful Joe. But um, we went there for we all four of us went there for breakfast. The cool thing about uh Hashigogo is that um, it is a place where they do fusion cuisine. For breakfast foods, 
and you know they'll, they'll make a waffle, but they'll infuse a, a a a piece of bacon throughout it, so that you know you get the taste of bacon in your waffle. It's pretty neat, and um, I know Nick is not a quarrel too crazy. I can't about add to the store because I just had a, a buttermilk pancake. And- <laughs> Side of bacon and orange juice, so and the portions are huge. Like they were, they're bigger. You won't be able to finish your meal unless you're like your champion eater. If you've ever seen Uncle Buck, that was the size of my pancake. So yeah, literally, they had to take a shovel and flip it and then put it on my plate. Man, I don't doubt it. That thing was just humongous. I got a, I know uh, Jen ordered a, a waffle. And it had a bacon infused inside of it. And Lisa, you got you got a waffle too, right? I got the French toast. French toast. Mm-hmm. That had um like a maple slash pecan slash banana flavor, like cream mixed in with it, and so good. But I gotta tell you, that chicken, that fried <laughs> chicken, you gave me a piece of it, and I put it even with my French toast. Amazing! Wow, it was so good. Who would have thunk? <laughs> We're gonna try making that at home. <laughs> I got the, um, speaking of fried chicken, Lisa, Lisa alluded to uh, the, the chicken I got with my meal where I got, um, I finally got my own chicken and waffles going because they have this uh, chicken and waffles dish at Hashigogo that uh, is on top of a stack of waffles that has bacon infused inside of it. I think it's the sage chicken and waffles. It's sage fried chicken and waffles. And it's, it's, is really huge. It costs about 16 bucks, and it was featured on Man vs. Food. They actually show one of the guys making it. If you got Netflix, look up Man vs. Food Season 2 Las Vegas. It's the first place he goes to is uh, House Hashigogo. That's where I got the idea to, to look the place up when we came here, and I'm glad we did because we had a really good time going and a really good meal. I couldn't finish the meal. I finished half of it, and I was done. <laughs> they, get, they, they, uh, they give you two fried chicken breasts stacked on top of those waffles. So I can only go through one, and then the rest of them I just cut up, and my my, my girlfriend took some of it for for sides and just just for leftovers for later. But it was a nice place to go. And then um, after that, uh, we went our separate ways. You guys went what back to the Sahara? Uh, we did to use uh, the shroot books. Oh man! And we used it on that the barn game that Lisa liked. She made another killing. Yeah, she made like eight nine dollars something like that. Nice. And then from there, we went to some gift shops. Look for a couple of knickknacks and just for the most part, just relaxing. We had a interesting bus ride back to the hotel. Just <laughs> creeper staring at us <laughs> the whole ride until like the stop before ours. He finally got off, and it, it, the reason I call him a creeper is because he was it, it, he was looking at us. It, it looked like he was looking at us the whole time, and it turns out all he was doing was looking at the girl. We, we sat in the back, and it was this lady that just got off of work. Myself. Then Lisa, and then this this creeper, <laughs> and it looked like he was looking at us both the whole time. But uh, apparently, he was looking at that chick that uh, was sitting next to me. And when he got up, he was just like, like you know, oh, you know, hope you have a nice day or something. You know, it looked like he had just gotten done from you know working some crummy job, and you know he's trying to leave, and you know his cracks all hanging out, and you know it's like wow. So and then yeah, it was just that was the end of. The, that. <laughs> and then we came back and met up with us to make just a real quick story. Um, Jen and I, after breakfast, we went to the Luxor Hotel, which is that, that hotel you see that looks like a pyramid, and it's got that Egyptian theme inside, and it's a really nice place. We went there, and um, we went to the Titanic ex- exhibition 
that's in there, and it was really, it, it was amazing to actually just go through there and see the exhibits and to read all the facts of, uh, you know, all the factoids that, that, that are attached to the exhibits and the timeline of which the Titanic was built, when it took off, and then when it eventually crashed. There's an, actually piece, there's an actual piece of the iceberg, or an iceberg from that region where the Titanic crashed that is actually frozen, and it's preserved in the exhibit that you can actually touch. And it's like ice cold. Mm. It's really cool. It's like one of the few things they, they actually encourage you to touch. There's a side of the Titanic called the Big Piece they have on display that actually cut, up, cut a side off of the Titanic because with the Titanic sits in the ocean, uh, within the next, I, I forget how long, but the next you know, set of years, it's going to completely, um, it's going to completely disintegrate due to the bacteria in the water. Mm. So the Titanic wreckage won't even be there anymore. So they took that big piece off the side of the ship so that they could take it out and preserve it for you know the rest of time, along with all the other items that they preserve from the Titanic. It's just, it's just an interesting place to go, especially if you're a history buff. Mm-hmm. If you have time and you're in Vegas. The Titanic exhibit is a place that is something to look for. You can also, um, there's also other exhibits at the Luxor. Luxor is almost like a museum of sorts because yeah. they have exhibits there. They have, they have another exhibit called Bodies, which they have human bodies yep. that are actually been preserved. And you can see them on there. And it's kind of morbid for me. I, know, I didn't really, <laughs> I, it, there's a fascination there, but at the same time, I didn't have much of an interest to in seeing it. Plus, it's $30 in exhibit, so we didn't really have a lot of money to throw around like that. But my wife, she's an anthropology major, so, you know, it's right up her alley. She'd love to see something like that. But she just picked a battle. She, she, she just figured that we'd, next time we come to Vegas, she'll go see that exhibit then. Hmm. So uh, we got back, and um, then uh, we met up with you guys and had uh, lunch. And then you and I went to Evo to yeah. see the finals. And... Um, We'll leave you on that cliffhanger because in a, in a couple of in a couple of minutes we'll be going into our experience of Evo and all the fun we had and the finals and all that stuff and <laughs> um, and, and and we'll be back on more Gundam and MAHQ in just a moment. Just gotta keep on trucking, yes sir! I'm gonna go outside and make myself a nice, big, shiny, first place medal, sit in the sun, and have a stupendous friggin' day! Gum damn it! Well, alright, you're messy. Would you make me a medal too? In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with her sanity intact. And this is not that podcast. www.ssapodcast.com the Ass Backwards Enemy Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Greetings, I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember... There is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. Don't talk down to me like I'm a kid. I totally dig being on my own. Plus, I 
can eat all the pizza I want. Didn't I tell you for years to go easy on the pizza? And don't tell me that's all you're eating every day. God, you're pathetic, you know that? Please don't talk to me like you're my mom. You're not the maternal. That's enough. Look, you better explain this. I don't give a Gun. damn about your personal life. Start talking. All right, what is your name? My name is Esther. My name is Pat Renard. And online, what's your handle? Uh, it's Cobra Kai 22. My name is Yoami. My PSN is Ninja Delano 147. But I really don't have an XPL, but I usually use my friends, which is Pirate 18. All right, sir, what would your name be, sir? Nick Bybee. Oh, man. And online, what is your handle? <coughs> Nick Stampede. Oh, snap. Since you're at EVO, did you compete in any games? And if so, which ones? No, I haven't competed in any. Sadly. I competed in Super Street Fighter 4. Uh, just that one, that's it. <laughs> no, that's cool, man, that's cool. So I was in the Super Street Fighter 4 tournament, both the regular one and the female. Did you get very far? Well, for the regular one, I got three wins and two losses, and for the female one, I believe I made it to quarterfinals. Wow, congratulations. Well, I was signed up for three, but I only got to fight in two, and that was HD Remix and Super Street Fighter 4. What game do you play the most? Um, right now, I play Tekken 6 the most, but I usually play Call of Duty as well. Well, in Tekken, Stick, in Tekken 6, what characters do you main? Lily and Leo. Okay. What characters do you main in Super Street Fighter 4? I main Dudley. Well, I'm currently maining Zongiev, but I also use uh, T-Hawk on the side of it. Cody, of course. Uh, I tried a little bit of Jury, but it just, my Jury sucks. Don't want to say my Cody sucks too, but... Oh, man. <laughs> At this EVO 2010, what was your favorite EVO moment so far? Oh, um, about that. It had to be during Street Fighter Turbo HD Remix. It was super intense. I was like having a mini heart attack throughout the whole thing. Because <laughs> it was just like, wow. Favorite moment so far, I can't remember who, who was playing at the time. It was uh, first day, the end of the pools, and uh, it was a uh, jury versus Viper and it went down to the last round of the last match and pulled out uh, EX Escape over the top into uh, EX Car Wheels. This year, hmm, I'd have to say just right now in the HD Remix in the finals, in the grand finals, that was pretty intense to me. Finding out that Justin Wong lost so far. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, just, just so that, you know, like, like you told me, new blood, new people. You know, it's, I'm glad it's not the same people in the finals. You know, now thinking about it, I'd have to say my favorite moment was, even though it, it sucked, was getting to fight up on stage. Like, that, that was cool. As I was hoping for a better match, but to actually get to fight up on stage, that was really neat. So, I'd say that was probably my favorite. All right, what's your favorite fighting game of all time and why? Oh, I think 
right now my favorite fighting game is Soul Calibur because I find it way easier than any other game out there. <laughs> and then Tekken. My favorite of all time, probably my favorite is uh, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. I like that they came out with new characters that, that were original, you know, completely different from traditional Street Fighter 2 style characters. Now I, I like that they brought some of the Third Strike characters into the new Super as I am main and Dudley, but I, I like I like that it was a little bit more focused on a technical standpoint than the ease of easing new characters, like uh, new players to, to come to come play with easier um, reversals and and a um, little bit more lenient on the input side for like new Super Street Fighter 4, but Street Fighter 3, I enjoy just because it's a little bit more technical with the parries, etc. <laughs> My favorite fighting game of all time. That's a little, little difficult. It's probably between Dead or Alive 4 and Street Fighter. It used to be CBS 2, but I'd have to say uh, it's moved on to uh, Third Strike. And that's just because it's simply a... If you know how to parry, it's, it's not only fun to do and get the reaction from the crowd, but even watching it from the stands, it's it's just always been fun. I'd have to say either playing or watching that game to me is always entertaining. What do you prefer, a stick or pad? I prefer stick because it's easier for me to do combos and stuff. Pad is just too complicated. Definitely stick. As of now, pad, but maybe later in the future I'll probably get into stick. Of course, as you know, it used to be pad, but it's definitely moved on to stick now. Although, hopefully, Third Strike will come on to Xbox Live soon. As much as I want to go back to playing pad, because I'm so used to playing it that way, I'll have to transition into playing stick, but it's going to be tough. But definitely stick now. And uh, what's your current system of choice? Um, right now, I don't really have a current system of choice. I just like, you know, PS3 and Xbox and the Wii too. It's alright to like them all. A lot of people think they have to choose one, so if anything, that's a good answer. PlayStation 3 is what I have right now. I'm not really partial to either one. Just lately, it just seemed more of the fighting games I've been, you know, picking up just for the PS3, though. Right now, PS3. A lot of people back home would like that. <laughs> 360, of course. Oh, shoot. Out of all the finalists for the Super Street Fighter 4 tournament that's coming up tonight, which of the four, which of the eight are you rooting for or you think is your favorite? Well, my favorite is Daigo because he's super awesome and hot. But overall, yeah, he's a really good player and I really hope he like wins today. I'm still going to have to go at Daigo. Oh, well, between all of those, I would have to go with Daigo. Not just, not because of the whole reputation with the whole the beast thing and all that. It's mostly just because I've seen him play not only in America but in Japan as well. And whether he wins or loses, he always seems to keep his cool, his calm. He, he's always collected. I've seen him lose here and this year, and he still keeps calm and even smiles when he loses. Killer smile. He, he does have a killer smile. Favorite to win? I'm just going to put money on Daigo, but I mean, as, as, as we've seen so far today, uh, it, could, it could be anyone's game, so if I had to put money, it would be Daigo, but if it's someone else, that'll be cool too.
reach over there and tear you a new Don't be a jackass. I'm you, Bob. We talk this out. I don't see a need for that kind of language. Now, if you yeah. want to go outside right now, I'll no. take both of you. We're going to vote, right Alan. We're not going to fight. We're going to oh. vote. Let's vote. Let's vote, and then we'll fight. Hi, I'm Mitsugi. And I'm Hatake. And we're the hosts of Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, aaapodcast.com. Listen up, anime fans. Do you find yourself spending tons of money on anime DVDs and merchandise? Wishing you drove a Gundam to work instead of your car? Singing J-pop music in the shower? If you do any of these things, you might be an anime addict. At the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, we have one mission, to turn your anime addiction into an obsession. We entertain our listeners with current anime news, celebrity guest hosts, hilarious discussion topics, and fair, unbiased review on current and past anime. Here are a few testimonials. I used to be a total anime noob. Now I know so much about anime that I can say, Spike was caught riding on a Tachkoma eating Pocky wearing a Hidden Leaf Village headband while looking at a foldout of Revy in a Death Note, and know exactly what that means. Now that I listen to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, I never have to watch a bad anime again. They watch them, so I don't. So visit us at aaapodcast.com and submit anime review requests on our forum and tune in on iTunes so you can always have the latest in news and reviews. So get obsessed with Anime Addicts at the AAA. And remember, we're here for you. Next on Gundam. Comments on this episode or on uh, Christina Hendricks or Christina Hendricks. That that chick. I mean, you can see how young she was in this episode. She um, yeah, this was eight years ago. Eight years ago, way before Mad Men. Way before Mad Men. All I got to say is Mal's got incredible self control. Uh, he does because <laughs> yeah, she she would have dropped trowel in front of me like that. <laughs> I'd be like, forget Shepard Book, I'm going to hell and I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Gundam. Next episode, you'll see the tears of time. Brandon was just a dork who wanted to shoot lightning out of his hands like Gundam Ryu from Street Fighter. <laughs> so I waved my magic wand and brought this lightning bolt legend out to Hollywood, where the nerd always gets the girl. This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by Petco. Welcome back, gang. <laughs> this is uh, Gundam Gundam at uh, <laughs> MAHQ. And we're back with more storytelling. <laughs> In this segment, we're finally going to get into our first experience at, at attending an EVO tournament. This one being EVO 2010, as we've mentioned 40 million times. And um, <laughs> 40 million one now. Just our adventure in um, Las Vegas and the events that surrounded um, our time at Evo, the the times that we spent there on uh, on the on the three days that we were here. And um, the first thing that we ex- actually experienced was when, um, other than uh, meeting some 
some um, some some of the gamers that were going to come here too for the tournament on the on the little bus that we rode in from Caesar's Palace. Once we got here and we met up with uh, Lisa and Nick, we go over to the check-in, and um, at the check-in, it, which was already crowded with a bunch of people there, other players and whatnot. And before we get into that, because mm-hmm. when we had first arrived, we you know being already here, we mm-hmm. wanted to check in early. At least try to check in early, but when we got to Caesar's Palace, they're like, "Oh, hey, what are you guys trying to do right now?" It's like, "Well, we want we want to check in," right. and they're like, "Well, we still got people checking out right now. Early check-ins at uh, 1:30, so you can come back then. But it's first come, first serve. So whoever wants to, you know, if you're in line, if we can get you in line." To check in, you know, we'll go ahead and do that. Right. So we figured by that time, 1:30 rolls around, you know, it'd be around the time you got there. So we decided just to wait anyway. So yeah, uh, they they waited for us, and they um once we got there, we finally went up to check in, and we were standing in line for a while. We we're actually gradually moving up to the check in, and if you've seen the Hangover. The room where they check in is the exact room that we were in, that big-ass uh, uh, reception desk that's there, and um, we were waiting. We were kind of marvel- marveling about the sights and just finally being in the place we've seen in so many movies and places and commercials and whatnot, you know, Caesar's Palace. It's as grand as you would think. And standing there, we were there for a while, and we are getting close to the front desk when this lady walks up to us, and she asks us, um, have, you guys, uh, have you guys already registered? Uh, you know, for hotel rooms, you're not, you're not just coming here to, to get hotel rooms off the floor, are you? And it's like, no, we, we registered online. We're just coming to redeem our registrations now. And so um, she says, well, follow me. I'll take you guys over to this room where you can get through quicker and, you know, just you know, get your keys and get going. And so she takes us in this long walk up the up a hallway to another smaller registration room, I guess for Diamond Club members or something like that. But, uh, you know, it was pseudo-purpose of getting our rooms. And we get in there. And, you know, we we're ended up standing in line again, and we're, we're, like, cursing the fact that we're, you know, we got moved from where we were because we thought we, you know, almost would be, you know, in our hotel rooms by now. And as previously mentioned, when we would first try to check into Excalibur, mm-hmm. they tried to, you know, sucker me and Lisa into to getting one of those, you know, package deals, and that's exactly what I thought this was going to be. It's oh. like, wow, you just took us out of line. <laughs> To come, you know, get us to do one of these things, but yeah, me, me, I hadn't, I wasn't even accustomed to the the bait and switch um, thing that they they do at most of these hotels that um in Las Vegas when you get there for all the you know the free comp stuff that they promise you, but you have to fill out six hours of paperwork. So I, I wasn't even aware of that. But we got to that room and it seemed pretty legit, and we're in there for a little bit. And as uh, our wives are going to the counter to to take care of the 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 the, the room and and get the keys. Um, Nick notices someone go come in, and um, it's Seth Killian, who's not only um, one of the PR reps for Capcom and helps with the development of the fighting games that they produce, but also he was instrumental in helping to um, establish Evo as a tournament in the first place. And just he was a he's a tournament fighter from years beforehand, and he's the guy who's always on the streams doing the commentary during the big events. So I've met him several times before, and if you listen to Gundam, I've actually interviewed him the last time I went to Comic Con. And um, he was there, and he was not alone. And uh, you wanna you wanna relay how that played out? And, and I, you know, I think he had already mentioned when we were just standing there. Mm-hmm. I looked over and I saw just from my angle where I was standing. Me and Lisa were at the counter, yeah. and you and Jen were behind me. And from my angle, all I saw was this dude, and I had seen his face a million times. But I was like, is is that that is that that Seth Killian dude? <laughs> And it was like, you didn't even care about that. You're like, and Daigo? It's like, <laughs> and I couldn't see, I, I couldn't see the people at the counter because, you know, our, our angle. And I was like, 
are you kidding me? And, and you know, people who probably listen to this are going to be like, wow, you are such a dork. It's like, <laughs> nerdy or whatever. But you know what? You're listening to this podcast. Yeah. So you know what? It's like, you're, you're just as nerdy as us. So. There you go. And yeah. it's like, I was honestly starstruck. It's like, you know, all I do is read or, or review this guy mm-hmm. on, on forums or, or Evo notes and all that stuff. And it's like, there he is, standing in the same room. In the diamond, in the diamond check-in, you know, with us, and it's like we had no business being there. It's we had like no business being there. It's and like obviously this is for VIPs only. It's yeah. like it, it, was, it was hilarious because you know I didn't even notice they walked in, and just like he said, it's like is that Seth Gillian? I was like, yeah, and and is that Daigo? You get out of town. It's Daigo, and it's like Nick cranes his neck over and sees Daigo in a purple shirt next to his translator and with she's the fanny pack, with the fanny pack, and you know his luggage. And we're tripping. We, I, uh, and I get the idea. It's like, dude, we 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 gotta get our pictures with him. We got to. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta try this. It's like Nick, get your camera. And I go over there and I I, I open up. I talk to Seth for a little bit. I thank him for um bringing us another Evo and I just talk to him for a little bit and then I ask him it's like look I, I know he's asking for a lot but do you mind if we get our picture with both you and Daigo is that cool and he says yeah I'll, I'll talk to Daigo and see if it's alright and um, Daigo you know he's talking to his translator at the time and um, Nick comes over with his camera and you know talks to Seth Killian for a little bit and we both shake his and Daigo's hands and Daigo takes a picture with just me and Nick and then we bring Seth over and he takes a picture with all three all, all, with, with the rest of us and it was it was pretty cool to run into them before the event even got started because we know once the event was in full swing getting their attention is like it, it would be impossible you know without something going on like a like a signing or something like that and it just is a lot more special when it happens impromptu like that where you know nothing's organized you just run into these cats and they're cool enough to just you know take a moment out of the day to take a picture with you and, you know and I, I was telling sobro i was like man you know we've been here for a couple of days and already that's been like the highlight of the trip it's like <laughs> it's like you know we had seen louis anderson and everything it's like mm-hmm. you know that that was the closest thing that we saw but oh. it's like you know it's been forever since i've seen him you know I, i've i've uh seen daigo on like everything that revolves around fighting games yeah. nowadays it's like you can't you can't play a fighting game without hearing his name one of the core reasons why we're here is to see him fight and dominate or you know just to see see him fair against this this crop of new new players and and to just run into a guy who's as legendary as he is was you know just impromptu like that was just it made our day to say the least <laughs> yep. but yeah after that we, we checked into our hotel rooms and then we finally went upstairs and got our registration passes to uh evo and the next day we went to what uh, in caesar's palace there's a a very long set of escalators that takes you up to the emperor's ballroom which you have to go up two flights of escalators to get to and when you get up there there's a big waiting area where people can wait outside the emperor's ballroom to get in and that's where we were, along amongst other people. We were chatting up a really cool cast that we met. Eventually, they opened up the doors for Evo, and we go inside. And it's pandemonium. That place is packed. We're talking to Seth the day before. He had mentioned that there were almost 2,000 entrants for Super yeah. Street Fighter 4 alone, alone, which makes it the, the biggest pool of players for any kind of organized event for Street Fighter in you know the, the history of the, of the game. So, you know, it's a big event. And... When going into that room with that many people, it definitely showed. We're standing amongst many, many players, and and a lot of them were just real cordial and real cool people to talk to. And it's just nice to go somewhere where you have something in common with a bunch of other folk. And Evo's definitely the place for it if you're a fighting game player. We get inside, and the first thing that we see is uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. (laughs) 
<laughs> staring us dead in the face. They set the booth up right in front of the entrance doors, and there were already people in there playing it. Uh, I mean, I don't know how fast they got to those machines, but they got there quick. Cause, um, they were already playing. And they had a lot of consoles. Like There was almost like three TVs on every side, except for like the um, the two ends. I guess they were like one and one. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like, um, I guess, eight, eight, eight places to sit and play the game. And, you know, it was a very well-polished uh, beta of the game. You know, it only had a few characters in it. I want to say Morgan, Felicia, uh, Ryu, Chris Redfield from Resident Evil, Dante, um, and on the Marvel side you have Iron Man, Hulk, Wolverine, um, Deadpool, which is you know uh, a quick uh, becoming a quickly a favorite, and then uh, Captain America. But um, pretty much yeah, the pretty it, it, it's a small amount of characters to play. There were some downsides to it where you could not you could not pick the same character as your opponent. And you could not pick multiple characters. Like, you can't pick the same character twice. Um, which is cool. I'm I'm not big on picking the same character three times over. But I didn't like the fact that you could not pick the same character as the other person. If you had someone who was running on the machine for a long time, they'd quickly pick their characters while you were stuck with the leftovers. And um, it just didn't seem like, you know, that that wasn't cool at all. But still, I had a fun time playing it. And what were your experiences of uh, playing the game? I did notice, and I'm not sure if it was just the way the sticks were, because they were probably abused the whole time that, you know, <laughs> they were, they've been there. But right. I did notice that just the simple act of jumping, like, you know, I know before you, you used to have to super jump. You really had to want to super jump. You had to, you know, down, completely down and up, like, in a pretty fast motion. Right. Whereas I noticed in this one, like, you go to jump, and it, just the slightest, you know, pressing of up, pressing it up can send you way up in the air. And it's like, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to do that multiple times. And it's like, you know, you really have to do a soft jump in order to actually stay on ground level for the most part. There was a lot of stuff that we didn't get to figure out how to do because I noticed that sometimes characters were turning red. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how that was happening. Dante and um, Deadpool, but I just think they have abilities that just soup them up. That allowed them to do that. To allow that to happen. I well, I noticed the Hulk at one point was was souped up also. The Hulk did that too. Yeah, but because one character had done it, and then I remember the Hulk coming in and he was like that also. Oh. Or maybe he was coming in as a cis, but he was. I definitely know he was he was red too. So I'm not sure what that was all about or how you do that. And also the whole. I know people were doing air combos. I know it was a little bit harder to to pull off air, you know, aerial raves, and people were switching out in midair yeah. and going into another combo. I'm not sure if you just press the change button or from what we've had and the, the people that were, you know, playing, you know, they're just not really. Some some of those guys were not quick to to help you to, you know, to help the you buttons. Learn how to play the game. They're just quick to beat that ass. Yeah. <laughs> So. But I mean, still, it, it's it, if you played a, a versus game beforehand, it's very easy to get into. Some of the things that are weird to get past are um, uh, the fact that, um, like Tatsunoko versus Capcom, you have only three attacks as opposed to um, uh, a set of punches and a set of kicks. You have like three attack buttons, uh, weak, medium, and fierce. And depending on your character, they'll either punch or kick, or do something like shoot weapons or something like that, depending on who you have. Um, then you have an extra button or an additional button that allows you to launch a character. Now, in any Marvel game, if you want to launch somebody, or even Tatsunoko, you have to press down and forward at the same time while pressing fierce. Some characters are different depending on who you have. But um, I know in TVC, they made it so that it was universally done that way. Well, in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, they set aside a button where you can do that. When you when you press the button in the air, you do an attack. But when you're on the ground, you do something that will launch the character up. Like, um, 
there's a running joke in in the Marvel comics, or in in one particular Marvel comic, there was a uh, an issue of Deadpool where um, he punches the crap out of Kri- Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. He says that he likes to play fighting games. Right. He mentions Super Street Fighter Two specifically. Yep. And then out of the blue, he just does a show sure you can <laughs> and, no- and knocks Kitty Pride completely out. And, you know, pisses off Wolverine, who's right near her. And they actually incorporated that in there as his launcher. So you actually hear him yell, show you can, as he's actually, you know, <laughs> doing his launcher. And it's the most hilarious thing, you know, amongst the other things he does, like mm-hmm. moonwalk and whatnot. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it takes a little bit of getting used to. I know and when I first played it, I was really I was really feeling the flow of the game. I was able to link super after super. Um, Nick actually videotape the fights I fought and I videotape the fights he fought so on his channel eventually you'll see them up the videos of us playing the game will be up there on um, youtube dot youtube.com slash nick the stampede so be on the lookout for that but um yeah it's 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 a very smooth and easy game to get into it's very open to beginners um, a lot of people even if you're a first time player when you play the game you feel like you're doing something and that's what they set out to do I really am looking forward to the finished finished product and on uh, seeing all the other characters that are supposed to be in the game. They rumor uh, they they've confirmed that it'll be over thirty, but I'm hoping it'll be pushing forty characters by the time it comes out since it's three on three. But um any other impressions of the game you got? I mean you, you got some streaks going. You like won three to three or four games in a row. Sometimes. It was, but I mean a lot of it was just because I mean we're all we're all new to it, so yeah. for the most part. But I try picking new character like the newer characters at first and then going with the ones that I was okay with, and I know because they were the full-on Mad, you know, Mad Cat Six. They didn't have; they still had those two extra buttons. So I know yeah. that was messing me up a couple times. <laughs> I pressed those, but now it's just going to take some, you know, once the final build comes out, mm-hmm. it'll just take a little bit more getting used to. But you know, you're wrapped up in the excitement and you know getting to play something that not a lot of people have even been able to touch yet. Yeah. So it's like you know trying to learn as much as you can while at the same time trying to win because it seems like the time limit was definitely not on your side. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Most of the fights end with the time over. Yeah. And um, I know uh, the last fight I played on it ended with a time over. It was actually probably the fight I was most proudest of. I lost, but, you know, it ended with a time over, and I I liked the fact that I survived. The guy who was playing on the other um, controller was a a, a player that's um, pretty – pretty well known in the street fighter community don't remember his name but um i did see him on the stream during the tvc tournament and um he, he knew what he was doing when he was playing mvc3 and he was a cool cat um but um yeah marvel versus capcom 3 be on the lookout for it man comes out next year in um spring 2011 i don't know the exact date yet but i'm sure it'll be hopefully um the first day of spring <laughs> <laughs> one of the things at evo that you have to deal with when you go are pools. Um, if you're entered in any kind of a tournament, pools are pretty much what you get entered into unless you qualified at one of the pre-tournaments that happen around the country, the qualifiers that happen, then you might, you'll get seated in the main, the main seating for whatever tournament you enter into. And uh, we had to, we got put into the pools for um, the games that we entered, which were Super Street Fighter 4, Tatsunoko vs. Capcom, and Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix which is a mouthful. And <laughs> on the first day, that Friday, um, I know my pools were Pool A for Super Street Fighter 4 
and um, Pool 1 for Tatsunoko versus Capcom, which means I practically had to be in two places at once. Literally. Yeah, and it was it was pretty hectic. Plus, at the time, I didn't even have a stick for PS3. Um, Mad Cats was there, and they held it down pretty pretty well. Those guys are pretty awesome. Markman from Mad Cats was there selling sticks for pretty cheap. And um, my my wife, um, Jen, she stood in line for me. I was about to say fiancé. <laughs> <laughs> um, she stood in line for me to get a stick while I ran over to TVC because uh, Lisa let me know that they were calling my name at Tatsunoko versus Capcom. So I raced over there with my um, Tatsunoko versus Capcom Wii stick and got to got there in time before they buyed me and um, sat down and played this guy who used uh, Chun Li and Alex while I use um I keep it I keep it old school I keep it seventies I picked uh my man um Yutterman number one and Ken the Eagle from Gotcha Man that's right Battle of the Planets baby and um, I picked those two and um. We duke it out, man. I, I He was a better player than me, hands down. But um, there were some times where I, I caught him by surprise and got him in a few air combos. But um, for the most part, um, it, I, I took him to the limit uh, both times, but he beat me. And um, during that time, Nick was also in my same pool, pool one. And they were telling him, well, if you don't got a stick, which he didn't because um, he wasn't able to pack his Tatsunoko stick. So we were going to share mine. And they were telling him, if, we, if you don't have a stick, we're going to have to disqualify you because you can't borrow someone else's unless no, someone else is willing to let you borrow theirs. But um, I'll let them tell the rest of the story. Go ahead. And it's, it's also funny to add on to your story because um, on my side, you know, I, I was at our – because, I mean, we were in awe when we first got in there. I yeah. mean, we were just, like, looking at everything that we can. But at the same time – and they started they started the – the whole tournament thing late because you know the president was in town and people oh, yeah. were people were stuck so they actually started almost a half an hour late mm-hmm. and so you know everybody's getting in there they're now behind so they want to start like you know getting these matches going whereas you know we just got there we're just we're just looking right now and so finally i was like you know you know telling lisa we need to go over to the you know the station let's get you know, i guess they're calling out names so they're getting the stuff started so right. so we head over there just as i'm getting over there they're they're calling for solo and <laughs> I, I you know they're calling out names and if no one answers they're just skipping them and going to someone else yeah and so i was quick to say it's like you know oh you know he's at He's at the Mad Cats booth right now. He's get, he's getting a stick for the PS3 because he doesn't have one yet. Yeah. And like you had said, I didn't bring my Tatsunoko stick because I knew you had brought yours, and you know, uh, you know, pushing for luggage space. So right. You know, I figured I would just borrow yours, not knowing, you know, or considering they might put us in the same pool. <laughs> so he's like, well, and, and this guy, you know, literally was yelling at me almost because. I, it's like you know, look. He's he's trying to tell me. It's like you know, well, his ass needs to, his ass needs to get here because we're we're starting this thing, and if he's not here, you know, we don't have time for any of this crap. You know, if you're going for a drink, or you know, that's a little bit understandable. But if you're out shopping and stuff like that, it's like there's no time for that. It's like, <laughs> and in my tournament, because I guess. As far as the pools go and whoever's calling the names, it's ultimately up to them if yeah. they want to disqualify you. And they have that power to do that. And some people like to go on a power trip, which is apparently not an uncommon thing at tournaments, especially people running them. Or conventions. Or conventions. <laughs> it's like they like to abuse that power. And this this guy was no excuse, you know, no different. Right. And he's basically telling us, like, he needs to either be here or he's going to be disqualified. And it's like, why are you hollering at me for? It's like, <laughs> I'm just telling you where he's at. You know, he'll be here in a minute. It's like, it's like you guys started late. You can't be yelling at us about that so so i told him you were on your way and he's going through some more names and eventually gets to my name oh shoot and it's like 
it's like, you know, oh, hey, you know, I'm here. It's like, all right, it's you and, you know, this other cat, some Asian guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you guys are going to be fighting up on the main screen. Jesus. Now? <laughs> it's like, you know, not only are you not here, mm-hmm. but your match is about to start. Because the guy was waiting for you on, on, you know, in front of the TV or whatever for your match. Right. So he's waiting for you. And they're sending us to go over to the table to talk to the guys to get up on stage. Jeez. And, and, and you know, I didn't mention to him. It's like, you know, I don't have a stick. So, yeah, it was... It was it was hectic, and we go over the middle of the booth. He's already got he's rocking his stick. He's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, we're kind of, we're trying to figure out who do we need to talk to so we can get up on stage. Because all they told us is talk to these guys, and we talked to them. They didn't say anything. They're like, who sent you over here? Who? What? <laughs> we're like, okay. So you finally showed up. You started your match, and we're watching the guys fight up on the screen. And then um, they finally finish. And then these other guys were quick to jump up on stage. And I was like, "Good, let them, let you know, let them fight because you're still going." <laughs> and we're still trying to figure out if we need to talk to somebody still or what. Mm-hmm. So finally, the guys like, "Well, let's go over to the other side of the stage because I think they made an announcement like, oh, if you're fighting up on the screen.'" go over to the left side of the stage and wait for your, you know, the opening. Right. So we get over there, and you're still playing, and I'm like, what is taking so long? <laughs> <laughs> button check. That's what. That's, like, that's a long button check. Oh, man. <laughs> so we're still waiting, and finally, it end, or, you know, the one match on the TV is about to end, and I see you stand up. You know, I, I called Lisa, and she actually, was, she actually picked up. I didn't expect her to pick up because yeah. it was so loud. And I just didn't think she'd be, you know, hear it ring or, you know, vibrate or whatever. And she picked up and I was like, you need to get over here ASAP because <laughs> my match is about to start and I need a stick or I'm, I'm out. Yeah. And she comes running over there and we see you stand up and I'm like, get, get his stick quickly. It's like, because I got I to gotta get up here. And just as I got it in my hands, the match ended. The dude's getting up on stage. Like, and I pass that off to you like chariots of fire. That, that was, <laughs> <laughs> the, the buttons were still warm. It's like... <laughs> Fresh from so, my loss. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I wasn't too far behind you, so. Man. It was, I felt cheated, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it was cool to be up there. And, you know, if anybody listening here, watch the, the streams. I'm sure, you know, if you watch day ones, you saw me get murdered. It, yeah. it was bad. <laughs> you, were, you were within the first hour of Evo starting. Yeah. Yeah, I had posted a text on, um. Before we actually got in there to look for us on the stream, yeah. and um, you actually got up the stream in the first hour. I got a text from one of our listeners, um, Ed. He, uh, Bullet Beast, my man. Um, well, he wouldn't want me calling him my man because they, they see that as an insult on Gundam. But um, <laughs> my, my boy Bullet Beast, he uh, sent me a text saying, "Hey, um, just saw Nick the Stampede on the stream, man. He just got his ass kicked." Yep. <laughs> It was. Man. It was an ass beating. What was the name of the guy that beat you? Was it Yoshi? It was Yoshi something. Yeah. And, and the guy was struggling to to, to, to write our name because we were wondering who we had to speak to because mm-hmm. we knew it was as, it was for putting your tag up on the screen. Right. And so when we get up there, the guy actually came to us and he's like, you know, oh, what's your handle? Mm-hmm. And I told him and he's like, what? You know, just struggling to, to to find out what it is and i'm like he asked me for my name and i'm like no you know this is what it is it's like nick the stampede all right so he, he, it was for forever before he finally <laughs> got it written down on paper it's like and the other guy's like oh just put down yoshi such and such it's like all right so he put that on there and it was cool because you had that little you know i'm sure people that watch the stream know you know already know better than i do but it's got that little camera up there that has so it has your face, your, yeah. your actual live, and then your actual game being played. Mm-hmm. 
so you know we started our battle and you know I, I practiced that game I, you know, I didn't expect to go far at, in that game at all but you know I, I had practiced against actual characters right and it's like to go up against one of the mini bosses it's like wow <laughs> i was not expecting this so it's like my whole game plan was thrown out the window i don't know how to fight this guy and in the spirit of gundam he fought against a giant robot um he fought against the uh the pt yeah, the p90x, p90X whatever X, from, uh, suit from lost planet yeah and so i was not expecting that so right off the bat you know i'm, I'm throwing a fireball he's up in my face and it was bad and I, we joked around about it at the end like mm-hmm. once he, he did some super and it took 20 hours for it to finish so yeah <laughs> As it's doing, and he had already done it before, so I knew it was going to take a while. So in that last moment, I'm sitting there chatting with him. It's like, you know, sorry, I couldn't be much for challenge. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, so where are you from? It's like, what, <laughs> what do you do? And we, we both got a good laugh about it. So it was cool. And, you know, and then we got some booze. We got some booze. We weren't sure if it was for for who he picked or... The lack of, of uh, how badly beat you. How badly it was. It was. It's like why? Why did they throw this dude up on stage for? Us? <laughs> so, and I was wondering how they determined. Like, is it just a random go up on stage? Because eventually they got pissed for people going up on stage. It's like, don't go up on stage unless you're told to or something. But yeah, I, I thought they would like predetermined who goes up goes there, or you know, I wasn't sure. They but probably had some brackets set aside for the stage. That's probably what they did. And yours happened to fall into that one just by yeah. luck. You know, mine sure didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I may have gotten my ass beat, but it was it was it was still cool to get to go up there. Uh, you know, uh, I was already nervous as hell to begin with, and it's like to get thrown up on stage on the first fight. It's like, all right, here we go, uh, let's, let's get it started. So. Hey, you got christened in the Evo, man. You got you got you got baptized. I did <laughs> royally. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there was there was that pool, and then um. Well, yeah, I was gonna say it's like as soon as mine was over, yeah. I'm looking for you. Yep. It's like where where's where's Solro at? And Russian. it's like, oh, he's over at his other match already. Yeah, well, yeah so. it's funny because it's when I um when I brought you the stick, Lisa was gonna videotape your match, which she did on the big screen, and I had to race all the way over back to the Mad Cats um, line mm-hmm. to meet up with Jen to get my stick that she just um she was actually at the front of the line by the time I got there, so I bought my PS3 stick. And then we rushed over to where Pool A was for Super Street Fighter 4. And as I'm walking up, as I'm walking up, they're saying, Adam Russell, Adam Russell, where's Adam Russell? I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to get a moment to open this box up. Uh. So I walk up, and my partner's already there, the guy they, they partnered me up with. And we sit down, and he actually, he actually has to help me open the box up. He busts out his keys to help open up the freaking plastic seal on the on the T-stick I just bought. Yeah. I mean, T-stick hadn't been used yet. The first time I used it, I didn't even get the practice match. I had to go ahead and bust it open to play him in Super Street Fighter 4 in a fight between his... Uh, <laughs> his Rufus and my Rose, yeah. and um, it was an ass whipping to be sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as as Nick videotaped that too. I mean, granted, um, it's funny because um, because I'm a big guy. When I sit in a seat, um, it angles the stick weirdly. It angles it, you know, towards the floor. So I can I had to either balance it on one knee or try to sit it on both my knees, and then try to um keep it from wobbling so and i can't use another free hand because my other hand is on the buttons so i had to you know try to balance the stick on my knees while you know trying to do the motions and this makes the stick go cockeyed so on one side i'm doing supers and ultras just fine on the other side i'm whiffing them like crazy 
and um, you know, it's my own fault. I, you know, if I had the sense, I would have said, "Can I get another chair so I can balance the stick on that?" But I didn't. I didn't ask for that because I, it, the 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 pace of that morning was so hectic mm-hmm. that I just said, "You know, let me just fight this guy, see how it goes out. Maybe I'll get lucky." You know, I wasn't lucky at all. What am I thinking? I'm at Evo. There's no, yeah. <laughs> there's no luck involved. You're going to fight against people who are serious about mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I got my ass handed to me. I think, uh, I don't know if I went a, won a round or not, but um, I know I came close to winning a round at least with, with Rose. But um, it wasn't my best game, and um, I got torn out the frame for it. But it was a good time. It was nice to be in the pools and to just experience that whole thing. And um, I had a lot of fun regardless. What's funny is that we made a big mistake after we finished up getting, you know, torn out of the frame in these pools. Um, I guess after we, we finished up, we wandered around a bit, and then we decided to go back to the hotel room, completely forgetting that it's double elimination. And double elimination means if you lose, you get sent down to the loser's bracket, which means you get a second shot at trying to win. Well, we weren't there. they bought us quickly and i it's funny because i went back uh later on and said hey is there any ghost of a chance that there's some people in the losers bracket that you haven't had fight yet and said no no we're way past that now so it's like okay whatever (laughs) so it's cool but um it it was still cool i wasn't sore about it at all i wish i stuck around but that place was crazy packed and you know first thing i wanted to do was just head back to the hotel room and drop off some stuff and just you know just just relax a little bit but um, it was it was fun to be there. Gosh, I guess on the second day that we got up and uh, we went over to Evo that morning and we went to uh, the Super Street Fighter Four Women's uh, Invitational. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, we went to that and um, we originally actually we went down there for something else. We went down there to compete in uh, Super Street Fighter Two HD, uh, Super Street Fighter Two Turbo HD Remix, and it was supposed to be at nine o'clock which made it, you know, nice and early so that we can go out and enjoy the rest of the day. But um, we, when we got there, they were having the Tekken tournaments for Tekken 6, and they postponed it to the, the, the HD Remix tournament till noon. So, you know, at that point in time, we, we realized we're probably not going to be able to stick around for the HD Remix tournament. And so we were kind of a little miffed about that. But at the same time, there was this, the Women's Invitational for Super Street Fighter 4 going on. So we wandered over there. And we watched, you know, a bunch of girls going at it in Super Street Fighter 4, which was really cool. Um, some of them were good. Some of them, you know, looked like they had some, you know, some, some, you know, some, some time to grow. But it was, it was pretty nice. Um, but one story in particular stands out to us. And Nick, I'll let you, I'll let you kick that off if you want. All right. Uh, <laughs> there was a, uh, I don't know if you had mentioned the, uh, there was a cosplayer there. Yeah. That was uh, just like Bison, Bison. Uh, female version. Female version. Her name was Stephanie, and um, I I don't know if I'm saying this right, and forgive me if I'm saying it wrong, but her um, handle online is um, I'm going to some punch you. Um, I don't know if it's S U N or S U M, but um, it was so noisy in there I couldn't hear it clearly. But mm-hmm. um, she was dressed as in Bison, and she was um, playing in Bison, which is of course fitting, as opposed to the jury we saw who played with T Hawk and Zangief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a total lot of, you know, it makes a ton of sense, you know, like people who are named Sobro Ryu that pick Rose. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm just saying, you know, who could that be? Who do we know that's like that? <laughs> no, but um, and it's funny because she she was sitting there the whole time, and we all the people that were calling for her name, mm-hmm. they were all skipped because they weren't even there. Yeah. So she got she got a bunch of free passes, so we never got to see her fight. Yeah. And the girl that ended up finally facing her, 
had already fought like at least once. I know that. And her name was Sherry. Yeah. And she's a favorite in the um in the in the I guess the Street Fighter community or the Evo community. And I never met her. I never even heard of her beforehand. And this is no slight towards her or anything like that. I, you know, I quickly realized that you know she apparently knows what she's doing and she's a she's a pretty good player. And that's cool. It's always cool to see a, a talented female player. And those two got paired up against each other. And that's when the fun started. <laughs> yeah, it's like luckily since we were already there for for the HD remix, um, you know we were there for an op- when it opened. So when that stuff started up, you know we basically got front row seats to see everything. We were right behind the the TV that well not behind the TV but behind their chairs so we could watch their match like right up close so we could see everything. We didn't realize it, but apparently they, they were exchanging words. And you know they, we couldn't even hear them. We couldn't hear it because we had a late, we had with two two Asian girls in front of us who were friends of Sherry or um, or Stephanie. I'm not sure exactly who they were close with, but they but they wanted to watch their girl fight, so we led them in front of us. So we were like a, a set of people back, and apparently uh, you know we, we, us dudes in the crowd we were cutting up as we we're watching, giving commentary, you know, saying stupid stuff. And I thought that the Asian girl was getting in front of me was getting annoyed at what I was saying. She would look back at me every so often, but apparently that wasn't the reason. And um, after the end of like, basically it was back and forth between the two girls. Um, Sherry had won the first set with um, E Honda, and she won it pretty vigorously. And in the second set, um, Stephanie she started to come back with her and Bison. She started to methodically uh, figure things out and just really start to counter everything that she was doing. And it was a tight match. It, it, she, it wasn't. It wasn't. She, it wasn't that Stephanie beat her outright. She just beat her. She played smart. And um, we didn't realize that during the, during those fights that a lot of talking was going down. And the, one of the Asian girls turns around to us and says, "Do, do you hear this? Do you hear what? Um, these these girls are talking to each other." I, and I joke around. It's like, oh my god, that is so cute. I was just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it tickled us pink, man. We we couldn't we couldn't hear it, but to know what was going on was mm-hmm. like, wow! I never thought I'd see the day where two girls are playing Street Fighter on a pretty competent level and are shit talking each other. That's just incredible. It's like, man, I gotta I gotta step back and check myself. So yeah. and we continue to watch, and that last match is pretty good. It's they they sat and they waited each other out, and I know some people would be bored by that, but they played two charge characters. Sherry played E Honda, and you know Stephanie's still rocking in Bison, and you know there was a good match where it timed over because they were waiting each other out to see who would make a first move and talking to each other the entire time. We could hear little rumblings of things. We can, you know, we we couldn't make out words or nothing, but we can we can definitely hear that they were talking to each other and it wasn't pleasant. And um, you know, the first match of that last match ended with a time over. The second match ended with Sherry beating um and I I wouldn't I don't know if it was badly or not, but she she beat she um won the second match um, with E Honda against Stephanie, and then the last match was pretty interesting as Stephanie came back slowly but surely to beat um, her uh, her E Honda with a pretty close uh, close margin victory. The best part happened when they stood up, and if you wanna if you do you wanna tell them what happened when they stood up. I mean, we we already thought it was funny to hear that they were you know talking to each other mm-hmm. to begin with, but as they go to get up to unplug their you know controllers, I, I'm, I'm sorry about the name. I'm just gonna say you know. Female bison, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she went to um, go for a handshake to be sporting, mm-hmm. 
and the other girl was just not trying to hear it just put her you know hand up in the air and i don't know what exactly she had said to her but basically you know she was like all right you don't want a handshake well how about you know do you want a hug you know what you want <laughs> trying to be sporting but now it's like okay you're gonna be a bad sport about it now i'm just gonna you know embarrass you in front of everyone if you want to be like that we already we had already been standing up for most of the matches already i mean we were getting you know watching these girls play for a while it's like okay now it's just getting you know after a while it's, it's like watching the same thing but you know it's like you know let's go sit down a little bit and so that was already the last fight we were going to watch to begin with so as soon as it was over and we saw that it was like oh oh you know it was you know it's like man she's gonna be like that and you know we start backing up a little bit mm-hmm. we start leaving i turned around again to see like if there was any other uh, outcome apparently one of the asian girls that was in front of us one of her the other girl's friends yeah actually went up and i guess got in her face and stuff like i guess she was trying to you know start more it's like it's like, whoa, whoa, and you had said something like, we we saw a cat fight. Yeah, we, we saw a cat fight at a cat fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it was pretty funny, though, to see. It's like some, you know, girls actually getting that competitive over this. And yeah. it's like, you know. I, I never thought I'd live to see the day. Um, shortly after that, um, I wish I recorded it, too. But uh, I walked up to Stephanie, and I asked her. It's like, okay, you know, I didn't get to hear half of what was going on. Can you give me your side of the story? And she told me what happened. She said, hey, um, we were playing. Um, you know, everything was good at first. And then at one point, Sherry started talking crap to me. She started saying, you know, your bison is garbage. You know, I can predict all the stuff that you're going to do. You know, I, I'm a better player than you. I don't know if she said all that, but um, she basically was just critiquing and just dissing Stephanie's play. Sherry was, um, allegedly, you know, dissing Stephanie's um, gameplay and how she used Bison and just trying to make her feel like crap. And Stephanie's already used to that. You know, she originally told us that she's from North, Northern California and she plays with, you know, all sorts of people up there. So, you know, she she's, she's down with talking. <laughs> so she started talking shit back and you know she was holding her own in the second round it went to show that i guess psychologically she was you know starting to get an effect on sherry because she she won that second that second fight back pretty soundly and then um it things got bad and we couldn't hear it of course but you know they just continually talked to the point where neither of them wanted to make a move without the other one making the move first because, you know, one didn't want to get gut-checked over the other. And then by the time they got up to stand, you know, Sherry, you know, not Sherry, but Stephanie, she wanted to just wanted to put bygones behind, you know, them. You know, it was just, you know, a good game. And, you know, they got caught up in it and they talked about it and she wanted to shake hands to make, you know, make sure everything seemed okay. And what Stephanie heard from Sherry after, you know, after they both stood up is, you know, Apparently, Sherry said to her, F you, you suck, I don't want anything to do with you, and I'm not going to shake your hand. Then you know, that's when Stephanie went and said, well, you know, maybe maybe a hug will, you know, make things all right. And, you know, Sherry just went on her own way. And I remember there was a moment where one of, one of Stephanie's friends tried to hold, and it looked like a fight was about to break out. And, you know, they, they quickly got separated, and things cooled down. But, yeah, it, it, was, it was a bad scene. And, I, I you know, it, even with the dudes at evo i never saw that no at all it's like it, it, even at the worst fight the dudes would get up shake hands hug you know hug, you know like like ari gold says hug it out bitch right 
<laughs> and you know that's what would go down. But yeah, that was like I don't know. I mean, if if Sherry's like that, that's just poor sportsmanship. And yeah. you know, it just goes on to show that a fight's a fight, but it's just a fight. You know, it's it's you don't it's not something that you know you got to get so emotionally wrapped up in that you just got to be mean about. But I, I don't know. Like I said, I never got the chance to talk to Sherry. I doubt she'd talk to me anyway. But uh, <laughs> but it, you know, if anything, you know, it just it it, it didn't give me a good impression. Of, of, of her gameplay and the kind of person she was. Oh, the best part. The best part is during the final match with, between Sherry and Stephanie, Mike Ross, a noted player who was actually in the top eight in Super Street Fighter 4 tonight when we watched the finals, actually came up and started giving her pointers. Now, that should be against the rules because you should probably be able to play on your own. You should be able to play on your own um, ability, not get pointers from somebody else. And even with the pointers from Mike Ross, it didn't save... Sherry from getting beat by Stephanie with her and Bison. So I found that fascinating. And um, <laughs> we met another girl tonight at the finals who uh, told us a story about the same thing. She fought Sherry during the finals. Her name was Yohame from uh, Miami. And um, she fought, uh, she also fought Sherry during the tournament. And this is what she had to say about that. Well, I wasn't too sure if I was going to tell anyone this, but. Uh... I was going up against her, and let's just say during, during button checks, she was using another character. I'm not quite sure. I think she was using, well, I'm not quite sure of that, but um, next thing you know, she picks E Honda. And at first, I was kind of calm, cool, just trying to get through it. I won the first round, and then uh, the second time around, after that set, I see Mike Ross come up to her and start whispering things in her ear. And I hear, oh, charge here, block here, oh, she's gonna do this, do that, to kind of, you know, go against her. And then um, she obviously beat me, but I kind of thought that that was a little, little messed up because if she was gonna be in the tournament in the first place, why would she need pointers from Mike Ross? If she was gonna be in the tournament, she should have used her own skill to beat me and not Mike Ross's words to beat her. Well, that's just my opinion, but everyone has their own opinion, I guess, on this. That's pretty much how it went down. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, she wasn't quite happy about that or Mike Ross interfering in that match. Matter of fact, she went up to Mike Ross after the fight and said, it's like, thank you for the match. You know, she, she didn't even consider Sherry even being her opponent because, um, she was beat by Sherry with Mike Ross's coaching. And she didn't find that all too sporting because she should have been able to fight Sherry with her own ability. So she walked up to Mike Ross and said, hey, you know, thank you for the fight. <laughs> and put her hand out to shake. You know, that was her way of saying that, you know, that this, that was not cool. You know, it was just it was pretty interesting to get that story just from a random person the next day at Evo. <laughs> People are connected, man, especially at that, especially at that tournament. But, um... I'm trying to think of what else happened besides uh, the obvious, which is the uh, the finals. I don't but, think um, we ever got to my Super Street Fighter 4. Yes, yes, by all means, Nick. Go ahead. And <laughs> let's get into your Super Street Fighter 4 pool pool experience. Yeah, it's, you know, and they've been running these things for a couple of years now, so you would think the organization as far as calling names and all that stuff would be a lot better, mm-hmm. and it still seems like they need to work on that <laughs> because... I mean, you kind of lucked out. Granted, your matches were both at the same time for the most part. Yeah. But, I mean, 
you know, we I was the afternoon match of the same day as yours, which was 5 p.m. It took forever for them to call our names, and <laughs> even when they finally did call our names, because, you know, my, my opponent was also looking, you know, can you call my name? Right. And then, you know, when we finally found out that we were going to fight each other, it's like, well, now we got to find a TV. And it's like <laughs> we've only got two to choose from for the most part. Yeah. Trying to get up to the front where everybody's trying to watch or, you know, they're waiting for their name to be called, it's just ridiculous. And it took it took forever for them to call it. And then when it was finally time to get on TV, it took forever for that too. Yeah. So from the time that it, it started to when we first got our name finally called, I mean, it, it, I mean, how long did that take? I mean, easily 20, 25 minutes. I mean, it took a while before we could finally fight. Yeah. Because they, they just keep calling out names. It's like, so when we finally get to sit down, we have our match. And for the most part, it's close. Yeah. I was still, you know, kind of upset with how I played, but maybe that's just me being too harsh on me. But yeah. anyway, it, once it was over, as I'm getting my stick, you had pointed out, and someone had pointed out to you, because, you know... Because I was, I was videotaping the right. match, and the dude next to me, he had actually... Earlier on, he had said something, but I couldn't make it out. All I made out was the word purple, at least what I thought was the word purple. And I'm, I'm, I'm concentrated on f not making the camera so shaky, so I can't make out what he's saying, and I can't really lean in to hear him clearer. So I, I just wait, and I, I continue to fight the match. And then towards the end, like I'd say five seconds before the fight had ended, he um, points down at the guy's stick because I'm standing because. The way I'm positioned, I'm actually standing behind the guy who you, is your opponent. I look down at his stick, and I see the turbo's on. And he didn't say purple to me. He said turbo. And it's like, whoa, he's not supposed to have turbo on. That's against the rules. During, you know, EVO, you can't have, even though, you know, the sticks have turbo in there, um, during the tournament, you're not supposed to use it. And he's using Chun-Li against your Cody. And one of the setups during the fight that he kept repeating and kept doing was um, Chun-Li can do her um, her lightning kicks. She can do an, uh, an enhanced version of it called an EX version where, you know, it takes off more damage and it allows it to be comboed into something else. He would do that and combo it into her Ultra Super, which is the Kokosho, which she just makes this big fireball of energy to come out in front of her and it hits about 20-something odd times. Connected several times. As a matter, matter of fact, he won the match. And if he didn't have that turbo on, it might have made all the difference in you winning that last match as opposed to losing it. When you have a person who um, you have to mash the buttons in order to get them to do like rapid attacks, there's more. there's a higher level for human error in there. If you mash the buttons, you know, you can mess it up. You may not be able to get it off um, as swiftly as you could by holding down two buttons with turbo on. And as we walked, well, actually, I'll let you get into the part where um, where you bring it to the official's attention. Uh, what happens after you after you after you guys talk to the official about the fact that the guy had turbo on after the end of the fight? Yeah, because it once you guys had pointed that out, I'm like, you know, what what, what do you talk about? It's like I didn't, I didn't have turbo on. It's like it's like no no he has it, and it's like a part of me feels like he knew it yeah. too because he sat there. After, as you guys are pointing out, it's like, you got turbo on, man. You got turbo on. He's just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I think he knew he had turbo on. I just don't think he, he realized it was against the rules. It was his first Evo match, too, at least in Super Street Fighter 4. So I'm willing to suspend my doubt that um, he, he didn't know that uh, it, was, it was illegal to have turbo on. But what I didn't like is how the official 
um, you know, approach the situation. Yeah, because like, they, they didn't watch the match. No. Again, they are so focused on just calling out names, trying to pair everybody up and get them to fight. You know, okay, that's that's who your opponent is. Go fight him. Let me know who wins. <laughs> like, that's, that's their whole mentality. It's like yeah. that's all they care about. And it's like, okay, so basically rules don't really apply so much. I mean, they, they do apply, but you're not monitoring and making sure that they're in effect. Right. It's like you're, you're, you're making sure that you're it, – it's basically coming down to us to spot these things. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm focused on me playing to my best ability. I'm nervous. You know, I've got – I don't need to be focusing on someone else's, you know, setup as far as, you know, they can set up their buttons how they want, but I don't need to be focusing on – if they've got something like that going on. So after it was over, everybody's pointing out, it's like, yo, man, you got turbo on, you got turbo on. I'm, I'm already up. I got my stick. You know, he's just sitting there. He's like, you know, what? Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? And the official finally approaches us, and he's like, you know, you know, what happened, whatever. It's like, oh, he's got turbo on. He's like, well, do you think it made much of a difference? You know, at the time, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that I finally got to fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we finally got to sit at a TV and fight. And... You know, all the hectic is like over. Yeah. And he's he's just like, did it, do you think it made a difference? And it's like, well, I can't really tell because they were close matches. Yeah. They were close, so I can't say that for sure. You know, so he's like, do you, you know, I I wasn't watching the match, so you know, it's it's between you guys. You you know, what do you think? <laughs> well, I don't think it made much of a difference. So darn. You know, whatever. But. Looking back, and then once we were done with it, I mean, you had brought up a really good point about the whole, I didn't know with Turbo on, all you have to do is press and hold, like, two buttons or something like that. It makes it so much easier to do that, which he connected a lot of the times on me. Several times. So, I'm sure looking back on it now, it would have made a difference. You'd have to work for it. And um, as um, you had talked to um, you talked to Shoji somewhere along, um, somewhere sometime after that, and he had said, yeah, um, you know, it's like you—you you didn't fight him. You fought against the ability of his stick, and you know you didn't get a fair fight. And you know, he was—he was—he was pretty hard on both of us for not actually sticking up for the rules of Evo. He was actually more mad at the fact that the official didn't say, "Hey, you're either DQ'd or you guys do the fight over." You know, he didn't—he he was a little pissed that they didn't say, "You know, you know, this needs to be this needs to be done over because, um, you know, that's against the rules." And having Turbo on, that's there's no excuse for that. There's no excuse. You know, it's against the rules. Blah blah blah. They should have been a lot more stern than what they were. If anything, they—they they either should have took your side or do the honorable thing and just fight it over and yeah. not not just you know let this guy slide by with it on and do that. But they were pressed for time, and I guess the guy wasn't thinking straight, and because of that, it just you know made you end up um being the loser in the end and that's what really sucks and it's a lesson to be learned if you ever go to evo or any tournament at all if you ever see someone who's you know who's cheated you whether they know it or not stand up for yourself say make just just make a scene if you have to it's like look i came here i spent my money on this tournament i'm not going to take this and this is this is not something i um this is not something I'm going to be willing to accept. The guy was using turbo. We need to do this over, or you need to forfeit him and just be done with it. Yeah. And you know, in in the midst of all that chaos, we we slipped up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's something to look back on in, in in retrospect and just learn from it. And hopefully, you know, we'll help somebody out in the future. Yeah. It was. It was. And you know, and looking back on it now, I I I'm kicking myself because it's like you know because we also saw that cat later on. Well, we saw him several times. At the, well, I, yeah. I can only recall one specific yeah. time when you saw him mm-hmm. and you like you know you said what's up to him or whatever and he just totally blew you know blew, blew me off. off. Yeah. And it's like wow, dude. Seriously, like 
you're going to be like that after what happened. It's like, you know, and people, I don't know if maybe they were just doing it just because, you know, they were glad to finally, you know, we got off the machine so they could either fight or they were just spectating. And they, they, they told me because it was close to some people, they would just say, you know, yeah, it didn't make much of a difference. And some people, I don't know if congratulated me was the word. They were more like, you know, gave me respect for one guy had told me as I was leaving. He's like, yo, man, that's, that's cool of you to do that. And it's like, oh, OK, man. And he's like, no, no, I'm serious. He's like, most people would have said, like, like made a big scene and all that stuff. Like, I mean, he, he says I manned up and all that stuff about, you know, whatever. But it's like turbo's turbo. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's technically still cheating. And, you know, looking back on it now and looking back at the video also you could see how many times he gets those you know multiple like the multiple leg shots off on me and it's like man and you know during the gameplay i couldn't really tell maybe he was just good at doing that but after seeing like oh yeah you had turbo on that whole time you know i, I should have said something it's he benefited from it but like i said you just finished the fight you didn't really go over it well and you know you know what i think the the judges wanted your you know why i think they approached us like they did was because before our match started if you recall they were big on us like hey as soon as this match is done mm -hmm. you let these guys fight yeah like that was the first time i had ever seen them come up to people at a tv and say like hey these guys are next yeah. they are next you guys and and we weren't even sure if we were supposed to fight like now <laughs> or like because even the guy sitting there he's like so do we fight i'm like yeah i'm pretty sure he said like after our match but he came over to us twice the official came over to us twice and was like as soon as this match is over you know these guys fight it's like okay we got it like all right <laughs> so it's like as soon as something like that happened all of a sudden it's like oh okay so these guys gotta fight again like maybe that's what they were like yeah you know, they didn't want to be bothered with that because they had a schedule to meet yeah and um you know it's understandable like i said there's more people at this evo than there ever was so maybe they were a little yeah. understaffed when it came to volunteers man hell they were asking for volunteers at some point during the convention um i keep wanting to call it convention the, the tournament to help with um with monitoring or managing um, one of the tournaments that was going on. So, um, if anything, Eva was definitely understaffed. And I feel bad for everybody who was a volunteer there having to deal with all the all, all the situation. But that was just a bad call. And, and, and yeah. you got to call it for what it is. It was a bad call on everybody's part. Everybody's part. Yeah. There's no reason in hell that one guy got to slide by and, and get away with that when they were so hard on us on day one about the whole damn joystick situation. Exactly. Yeah, so it's like, man, what goes around comes around. But um, if anything, it doesn't put a black mark on Evo as an, as an experience or anything like that. Like I said, much props to the people who run it. Much props to the event for existing period. And, you know, it's just one of those bad scenarios where nothing worked out the way it should have. And it, like I said, it's just due to all the chaos that was going on. But um, that finally brings us to the final day, mm -hmm. the big day, the finals day. We went out and did a bunch of stuff Sunday morning, as we went, in the, went on about in the previous um, segment. But then um, Sunday evening, that was dedicated to Evo, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Nick and I, we showed up um, during the Tekken finals. <laughs> well, not too many people were there, uh, and then there's no slam against Tekken. It's just like you know the main draw, Super Street Fighter Four. So people took the opportunity after being there all day, watching the other tournaments, to go out and get lunch and get dinner and and do whatnot. And we knew that was going to happen, so we um we we slid right up in there, got some mm -hmm. seats, and talked to some fans of um of, of of fighting games and whatnot. And um we got to sit pretty much dead center, but at the very back row of the uh, of the tournament. We got to see Ono come in there, come up there, and um, hint hint towards, uh, I guess, a collaboration with Namco and the producer of Tekken for a new fighting game that they'll be announcing at Comic Con. We got to see um, a 
pretty neat combo video that they showed, mm -hmm. um, which you'll probably see on YouTube soon. I wish I knew the guy who created it, but a lot of people put work into it. It, it, it captured a lot of combo videos from many different fighting games across many different um, um, systems and, and companies. And, um, you know, just really impressive combos were shown. And then... Um, Finally, we got to see um, we got to see the Marvel vs. Capcom three exhibition. Mm -hmm. um, I heard that Adam Sessler was there on the mic with um, Seth Killian. I never got to see him though, and that's the one cat I've always, I've always wanted to meet. He was there doing helping um, Seth Killian with commentary during the stream, and we'll get to the stream in a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> finally, we got to see um, we got to see the finals for Super Street Fighter four. And in the finals, you had, um, in the losing, losing bracket, you had Henry Sen, Bruce Gamer B. Sang, Infiltration, and Shizza. And in the winner's bracket, you had Daigo, the Beast Umahara, who we've uh, fawned over many times. You had uh, Mike Ross, or you know, some people call him Mike Ross Frontier, the other guy we mentioned during the whole um, uh, Ladygate situation <laughs> we had uh vance zangief Wu, who is also known as vangief and um he was he was my he was my favorite player in the whole whole scenario and um we had ricky ortiz man who's been in the game a long time part of the evil genius crew and um he um was was also in the winner's bracket and uh we got to watch them duke it out what were your impressions of the whole duke -a you know you, you watch the the streams and stuff online mm -hmm. and you know, you hear the stuff in the background, you know, the cheers and all that stuff. And right. to actually be there and actually get to see everybody, that <laughs> the raise your hands to the sky thing, I finally got to experience that. <laughs> as like that thing, that was hilarious. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, um, whenever Rufus does his Space Opera Symphony, yes. his first ultra. When he finally lands that last push up in the air, everybody, everybody in the crowd, because we we were behind everybody, yeah. so we got to see everyone. Everybody raises their hands up to the sky like this. <laughs> it's so dumb, but it's so funny to see. It's, <laughs> but you know, to actually get to be there when you know someone turns the tide or something at the very end of yeah. a, a fight, and everybody just loses it, whether whether they're cheering for one person or, or not, not. They you know when a person you know comes back from from being destroyed and comes back to win. People either can't, you know, there's nothing they could say because it's like, wow, they they really earned that. Yeah. Or you know, you know, the underdog comes back and it's like that's that's a cool thing to actually be there in person for. So I was really glad to uh, get to experience that. Same here, man. It's um, it's 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 one thing to watch it on the streams, but to be there in person in the crowd and just feel the energy and just be able to yell out random one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was just rather yelling out random stuff. I wish I taped it, but um. You know, just cracking people up around us and other people doing the same thing and just enjoying the matches and just watching these these matchups that, you know, you know could go either way. Um some fights I, I, I saw with uh for one um for one, uh Van Geef, uh, the favorite player I had during that, um I watched during that. He he turned around a situation um where he was losing and he turned it into a winning situation and he just beat the crap out of somebody with Zangief. You know, who's someone you have to someone you have to use that stays on people all the time because he's a grappler mm. and he's up against um he's up against characters that are throwing fireballs and whatnot and he and he pulled it out of a bad situation. I think he was fighting that Chun Li and um she was trying to get the best of him. Was it Chun Li? In the I beginning? Yeah, I'm talking on my ass. Um I have to go back and look at the video. But um if anything, his his gameplay really impressed me. Gamer B, Bruce Gamer B saying during the 
top 32 on Saturday, which we weren't there for. He actually beat Justin Wong, who was the, the runner-up and the, mar- the winner of this year's Marvel vs. Capcom 2 tournament. Um, he actually beat Justin Wong and blew him out of the chance of being in the top 8, which is pretty monumental. And he was using a new character, Adon, who's not new to the Street Fighter series, but he's new to Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter 4. He was added into Super Street Fighter 4. And to use him and just beat Justin Wong like that, I didn't see the match, so I don't know how badly or how close it was. But, you know, hearing about it was pretty phenomenal. And um, he he tried, he held his own pretty well. Um, I know there was a matchup between him and Mike Ross, and it was going either way for a while. But Mike Ross, you know, eventually dominated over him and, and beat him. But it was a close match. i got to give it up to Gamer B. He was my other favorite during this um, this run. Um, but other than that, you're right. Everything you said, um, just to feel the energy and just to see these turnarounds and to watch that last match between Ricky Ortiz and Daigo was pretty cool. Daigo, you know, he's a consummate player and he does a lot of mind games and he's, he can, you know, he's very good at uh, countering moves and, and, and setting, setting you up to, 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 to bring you down. But, uh, Ricky Ortiz was very meticulous himself and he was very aggressive and he would do things that he would play mind games on Daigo and he had some balls the you know to do some of the things that he did uh, Ricky Ortiz has been in the game a long time and um he's he's a name that I've heard thrown around for like the last 10 years if not more mm-hmm. and he's an experienced player and it was excellent to see him get all the way to the runners up I I was really rooting for Ricky to 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 make it through and I really I wanted to see it come to him at least knocking Daigo out of the winner's bracket down to the loser's bracket, like what happened last year between Justin and um, between yeah. Justin and Daigo. And that unfortunately did not happen, but it was still exhilarating to watch, and um, I was happy to be there and see that go down. If anything, it makes me just look forward more to um, Evo 2011 to see them go down or to see all these cats back in the, in the, in the top eight, to see them um, try to fight for dominance. Mm-hmm. But... Um, any any last thoughts about Evo before we wrap this up, man? It's definitely something everyone needs to experience at least once. Whether you think, I, I know my biggest hang-up on wanting to, or not wanting to go, was because I knew I wasn't ready. Yeah. And it finally got to the point where, well, will you ever be ready? Honestly, it's like, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, do you ever, you ever see yourself actually up there? As I do, I do in my dreams, but <laughs> but in, in all reality, you know, I don't know if that would ever, ever happen. So it's like, you know... Whether you think you're ready or not, you may never be ready. So it's like it's just something you got to go. You're never gonna, especially someone like me. I, we only, I, I think yourself, have only done like local tournaments. Yeah. Like stuff that's you know not really big, but for the most part, you know, it's it's just it's getting experience first off by going to tournaments. Yeah. But then you eventually gotta you gotta leave the nest. You gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go to bigger and better tournaments. And as far as the U.S. goes, I don't think it gets much bigger. Yeah. I'm sure there's other ones out there in the U.S. But I mean, this is this is a good start, especially you know this is what. A lot of people look forward to. Yeah, other other than Evo, the only other big one I can that comes to mind right away is Seasons Beatings. Yeah. And um, you know that that even even compared to Evo, Seasons Beatings is slightly smaller. But um, yeah, Evo is to me it's the Super Bowl of the of the of the of the of the, of the, comp, of the competitive sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I call it sport. I'm sure some people will laugh. But um, <laughs> if anything, watching Street Fighter and playing Street Fighter is very sporting, and it's an is amazing game to watch as it is to play, especially when you get two players of high caliber going at it it's it's an amazing thing even my girlfriend got caught up in watching it Mm -hmm. and she doesn't you know she doesn't care for the game at all (laughs) your wife (laughs) oh my god (laughs) correction my wife which i still don't seem to realize but (laughs) but yeah my my, even my wife um 
she got caught up in watching some matches when we were watching um, Tatsunoko versus Capcom earlier, and then later on when I was downstairs in the when, I'm sorry when I was upstairs in the Emperor's ballroom and she was um, in the hotel room watching the the stream. You know, she was texting me that she was seeing it and she was quite entertained. So I mean, it it crosses all these boundaries. Um, I gotta give some props to um to this to the to the people of Evo and and you can see during the uh, competition that they even said let's show the world how incredible Street Fighter is mm -hmm. and you know I hope it came across I hope a lot of people watched the stream I did hear that the stream did crash before the very end and yeah, a lot I've of heard people that were, too I, I saw I, when I got back up to the hotel room and I saw the chat board a lot of people were pissed it crashed several times during the uh, the stream the, of the final match but it always came back. But um, right before the finale, yeah, um, it crashed, and no one, uh, people who were watching the stream did not get to see how how it, how it ended. And you know what? And that's exactly why last <laughs> year when we went when we went through that same issue. I mean, it might not have been the last match, but constantly watching it, and it oh, it crashed. Oh, it's slowing down. Oh, you know, you could hear it in the background. Oh, you know, someone just lost. But it's just for that reason, you know, from watching it on the screen last year, like. Mm, Next year we're going. Yeah, it's like we're, we're just cutting all that stuff out. We're just gonna go. <laughs> so it's like whether you, you know whether you think you're gonna do good or not, at mm -hmm. least you'll actually get to be there and see that you know everything live. Yeah. And that's that. That was cool. It was cool. Cool watching it. It's cool seeing it and 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 see watching it as it wrapped up and and seeing the winners winner's circle at the end and mm -hmm. everybody getting um props being congratulated whether they won or lost you know we got brought up on the stage and they got they they got something and you know they got lauded for it and the audience was very receptive to that and very appreciative of the of the fights that went down and i gotta say i was too um like i said this whole experience was a really good scene i mean despite some of the things we might have complained about are you know you know discussed you know that that were less than you know less than pleasant for the most part coming to evo was an incredible thing if you're a fighting game fanatic or if you just enjoy fighting games i, I met plenty of people who were just passerbys in the in the um, hotel that came up there to watch it evo evo's free for you to come up and watch it if you want to compete you have to pay but to get in and watch everything completely free if you're a las vegas resident and you didn't know this was going down when it happens next year even if you don't have any kind of interest in in, in playing just come up there and watch. You can play free play games that are around the, the back and the, and the sides of the, of the thing, and you don't even need a badge to play those. The only reason that you have to pay, really, is to compete, and that's the biggest draw. So if you think you're ready, come out here, pre-register before the, the tournament starts, and, and get some. <laughs> and and, and even, if you're, even if you're not there to compete, I know we had mentioned earlier, if, mm -hmm. you're, if you're new to the fighting games and there's an actual fighting game that you've started playing, yeah. odds are on those free plays, it'll be played somewhere. And I know we made the mistake of not bringing our older pads you know, for older systems because yeah. there were some games there that we haven't played in, in a while, yeah. a good while. And it's like, you know, we didn't bring pads for that. So definitely something to take note and be ready for, you know, next year. But, yeah. you know, again, if it's a fighting game, odds are it's somewhere being played on the floor. <laughs> so. so watch out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, if there's um, any other final thoughts at all. No, not that I can think of. Just let's hope we get more people out here next year that, you know. Yeah, this, this year it was packed. Um, just one final note uh, when talking to Killian, um, Seth Killian. He had mentioned that, you know, they almost reached capacity uh, for how many people had entered in. If they had gotten over 2,000, they they might have had to find another venue. <laughs> but um, if anything, it worked. everything worked out this year. And even though it was packed, it, it wasn't crowded to the fact that you couldn't move. Not Comic-Con crowded. But for a Street Fighter event, this was humongous. 
And um, Season's Beatings is coming up, for those who don't know. Um, if anything, uh, as an addendum to this um, episode uh, on the thread, I'll, I'll post up uh, when Season's Beatings is going to be. That's another very good stream, and a very good competition that happens in the mid... Um, in, in, I forget, uh, uh, Cleveland, I think. It's in Ohio. And um, it happens every year. It's another big uh, showdown between the players. And I'm sure Daigo and Justin Wong will both be there along with Ricky Ortiz. And a lot of beef that was um, set up with this Evo tournament will be um, also revisited there. So if you watch the stream and you enjoy fighting games overall, check out Season's Beatings when it comes out. Um, before we go, I have a few people to thank. Some of the people that I met, uh, Yohami and Esther and Pat Renaud, who I interviewed um, and you heard in an earlier segment. I'd like to thank them for participating in that and answering some of my questions. And I'd also like to thank the Evo staff for having us there and Capcom and, and, and G4 for, um, for actually you know, acknowledging how badass uh, you know, fighting games are in, in the competition and actually helping to promote this by streaming the um, helping uh, level up another uh, the group that was responsible for streaming the event for putting it up in their site and having uh, Adam Sessler from X-Play come down and do that. I wanted, Like I said, I wanted to meet him, but it was awesome to have somebody of um, in the video game industry that you know acknowledges how important uh, Evo is to have him come out there and help to promote it. Um, there's an X-Play episode airing soon, I think on uh, July the 20th, which is a, a, a wrap-up of Evo, and they go over a lot of the, um, the, the, the big fights and a lot of the things that happened there, so check that episode of X-Play out when it comes out on G4. And um, go to the sites, uh, showyoucan.com, eventhubs.com, which you can find out all the results of all the fights that went down during Evo. And I'm running out of things to say. And, of course, uh, <laughs> hit the websites, gundam.net, um, mahq.net. Um, you can reach us by email by going to gundammahq at gmail.com. You can find us on twitter.com slash mahqdotnet. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on MySpace and all that other stuff. And... Um, you can find us on iTunes and Zoom. Appreciate you having me on the show. Oh, well, I, my biggest thank you goes out to Nick <laughs> Stampede and his wife, Lisa, for both being on this episode of Gundam at MAHQ, the special episode 10. And um, with that, we bid you adieu. We'll see you next time. Dago Umahara is your Evolution 2010 champion. Wow. Right down the to last still the final Gundam at MHQ is a Shinjuku station in the MHQ production. I'm not going home. I'm going to get on my boat, and I'm going upriver, and I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is going to feel it. Now, who wants to go home? And who wants to go with me? Yeah.